welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I'm your host, and this is my podcast. And my guest today is Robert Schwartzman. Robert's a musician. He's a writer, director, actor. He's a multi-hyphenate, and we love those over here at the Love Alexi podcast. I am one, and I am always happy to talk to another. Uh, he's the lead singer of the band Rooney, and he just wrote and directed his first feature film. It's called Dreamland. It was co-written by Benjamin Font. And it's awesome. I've seen it twice, and it's like, a, it's like an 80s sex comedy. It's about a young, cute, struggling musician with a dream uh, named Monty who's in a shitty relationship, and he starts having an affair with this rich, sexy, older woman named Olivia, and I can't tell you what happens next. You're just going to have to go see it for yourself. It's available in theaters now. You can also find it on iTunes, Amazon, Video On Demand, you can go to dreamlandfilm.net to see what theater it's playing in in your town. Robert wrote the music for the movie. He also scored the film Palo Alto with Dev Hines, a.k.a. Blood Orange. So what I'm saying is, this Robert Schwartzman guy, he does it all. And I know what you're thinking out there. Girls out there, you've seen his photo. You're, you're, you're totally excited. You're like, oh my god, Alexi, he sounds like a dreamboat. And you're not wrong. He is a dreamboat. But hands off, because he's got a super cool girlfriend named Zoe, which is also a very cool name. And I'm friends with Zoe, so get your mind out of the goddamn gutter, okay? Anyways, Dreamland stars Johnny Simmons, Amy Landecker, Nick Thune, Frankie Shaw, Brittany Furlan, Beverly D'Angelo, who I adore, Alan Ruck, Noelle Wells, who's a past guest on the Love Alexi podcast. We love her as well as Robin Thomas, who's Zoe's father, who, by the way, I have a very inappropriate crush on. I mean, it's innocent, but it's real. It's, it's real, real. Um, and you'll understand what I'm talking about when you see the movie, because Zoe's dad, he's a great actor. And in this film, he's like, he's like a movie star from the 1970s with this like rugged man-babe vibe from days gone by that just doesn't exist in men anymore, which is such a shame. But... Uh, yeah, I'm probably, I should stop gushing about my friend's dad, who may or may not be like 70 years old. He may, I, maybe, I think he's 68 years old. I apologize, Robin. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Let's move on, shall we? Dreamland also features Robert's brother, Jason Schwartzman, who I don't know personally, but who I adore. Uh, he is such a talent. And their badass mom, Talia Shires, in the film, too, who is not only in the Godfather movies, the Rocky movies, and only ever delivers amazingly grounded, naturalistic performances, including the one she gives in Dreamland, but who also, most importantly, instilled such solid values in her sons, making them the men that they are today. So kudos to you. Robert and I go on a tangential journey of a conversation, as per the usual, where we discuss his movie-making experience, as well as love, dating, relationships, music, marriage, his family tree, balancing work and relationships, which I think is such an important uh, and difficult thing to do. And I truly think we hit our stride during this conversation about an hour and a half in. So if you can, ride it out. You won't regret it. And I think overall, the most important takeaway from this entire conversation for me was that it reinstilled my faith in love and relationships because I've been a bit disenchanted lately. But based on everything Robert said about his, 
his relationship with his mother and how he feels about his girlfriend and relationships in general, I believe in love again. I'm not, I'm being so earnest. I sound like I'm being sarcastic. I, I actually mean that. Sign me up. I'm a believer again. Um, if you would like to be a follower and a believer, uh, you can find Robert Schwartzman on all of social media at Robert Schwartzman. You and I can be friends on all of social media. You can find me at Alexi Wasser. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a comment, rate the show. And on a more serious note, I do want to say that this was the first episode I recorded after the election, and I had to make a decision, and I chose to keep the conversation away from politics because it was just all too raw, it was too fresh, and had we started, we would have just talked about politics the entire duration of the two-hour show and ended up in tears, and I didn't want to do that, but believe me, all of that stuff will be addressed in upcoming episodes with a myriad of guests to come. And I'd like to encourage all of you out there, if you have a question, comment, thought, feeling, or you want to tell me something, be it about love, sex, dating, relationships, family, life stuff in general, how the election is making you feel and what you're noticing, please send those emails to dearlovealexi at gmail.com and I will read your emails on the air because I want this podcast to be your safe haven and uh, yeah. But in the meantime, let this episode be a distraction from the craziness that's going on in our world right now. Immerse yourself in the conversation. Maybe it'll make you laugh, entertain you, inspire you. And uh, that being said, I'm going to shut the fuck up so you can enjoy my conversation with musician, composer, writer, director, actor, and friend, Robert Schwartzman. Now entering Nerdist.com. Coming up. Oh, you're just straight coming up. You yeah. just know what you're doing. Are What's we recording? Up? How are you? Thanks for doing this. It smells so good. Do I? Hey, oh, oh, Robert. Aristotle. Aristotle. Robert. Hey, man, yeah. We're recording? Hmm? Right now? a hug and everything? Yeah, yeah. just it's unethical. Cool. You're That's there. Cool. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Are we live? We are live. I mean, we're not live. We're recording. We're live, live. But this is like... Alive. We're alive. <laughs> oh, God. I set my... Uh, I'm going to like... Because we should, I don't know how long you do your episodes, but I'm going to feed my meter if I have to. If you, of course. I would, cool? I'm not going to stop you. Can you imagine if I just stop you? If I'm like, no, we don't do like that you here. Can't leave. <laughs> you can't go. You can't go. Oh my God, we're so, uh, oh God. How do we do this? So pro. Oh wow. Are you we're coming ready. tonight? Are you going to come see the movie? Oh, I just watched it last night. Really? I had to prep for this. Oh, I'm not going to not, I'm not going to get a link to your film. By the way, hold on, everybody. Let's just get grounded in our truth. Let's get real. You ready? Are we ready to podcast so fucking hard? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, very cool. No, um, <laughs> um You don't God. have to see it again. It's fine. Oh, I just got uninvited. I just get invited no, I and I can't come. believe you. I don't want you to like Are you doing the levels again? Have a chip on your shoulder through the whole thing. I already have a chip on my shoulder. Uh, there was a screen in New York this week and there was a guy with a chip on his shoulder. Oh really? Was that was part so of his Halloween costume? No. I mean there was a potato chip. <laughs> he um, did he was eating chips. Does it feel weird to be this is my first I totally got that joke. It was funny. It was great. I'm moving, <laughs> I'm moving what? right now. What? Isn't it weird to be podcasting with, uh, right after this like thing? Mm-hmm. This is my first podcast since the monster was elected. and He was elected? Yeah. The monster? The no. monster. Should I pretend I didn't know? <laughs> no. I'm laughing at a discomfort, not because... I want to be the guy that keeps relearning all the time that he got... <laughs> It'll be Groundhog's Day, but just for election results. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
Wait, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my god! Shit! <laughs> it helps at to the, laugh. Are those in already? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem like they can really calculate results that fast. Something's wrong. It's rigged. Aren't they still? They're still tallying those votes, though, right? Anyway. So dark. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, on a lighter note. Mm-hmm. Robert Schwartzman. We, we, we could talk all about that, by the way. I don't want. I mean, I. I'll probably I'll have talked about it in my intro, but uh, it's probably going to be on like a topic for everybody for like so long. I right? think so, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, but that's yeah. good because we're going to keep it alive. We're going to keep that topic alive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, getting just just talking about creative fun stuff. It's taking a breather. I'm going to let this be like a sabbatical on it, and yeah. uh, um, from the mayhem, from the sadness and the madness. Um, I. Thanks for having me on, by the well, way. Well, thanks for being on the thing. And it's funny because I was, uh, I know your girlfriend. I don't really know you. I, I met know. you. I so feel like I know you, though. You do? How come? I don't know. Well, Isn't that weird? Dig deeper. Or can you tell me all the stuff? I... Don't tell Zoe, but I just feel like. No, You're very handsome, but I don't the flirt with my friend's boyfriends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you look at me deep in my eyes. No, I think that. Yeah, I'm. Um, for those listening, we've met before. We've met like. One time, really? Twice? Did I? Did you ever live in Beachwood? I feel like yeah. you did because they're. Uh, That's where you came to that house, where the re- studio is. Really? Were you there? Who was that? If was, not it was me, was a Halloween thing. Oh, remember? Oh, yes. Sometimes I get Beachwood above Franklin confused yeah. with other Beachwoods, and we might have to edit this out because I don't want people to come and murder you. Um, well, your Halloween costume was an old lady with Alzheimer's, so that's probably, <laughs> that's probably why you don't remember. You were in character. On fire today here in the Love Lexi podcast. Amazing with Robert Schwartzman. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> I, have to, I keep like listening back to podcast episodes and I keep writing notes. Stop laughing so hard when you talk to your guests. That's it's, okay. It's not cute. But then I, I, I think it's good to laugh. I know. It feels great. But then to listen back, it's, I sound like a hyena and I'm just like, relax. Like, you know, just provide information and no, it's the good. interview for the listeners. I think people listen to just be a part of the experience. Yeah. They want to eavesdrop on a conversation. Yeah, it's true. Um, so I've met you. Okay. So I feel like maybe a long time ago, did I meet you when I when I lived in Beachwood above Franklin with like an ex-boyfriend who was in a band and or maybe I'm getting that when confused. When we first met? Maybe. I don't think. I mean, I, I feel like we met... Somewhere we were with Zoe, maybe. Just at a Halloween party. Your Halloween party you guys I had. Think that's your, where it was. I went to high school with your girlfriend. Did you really? I did. And uh, exclusive, I brought the yearbook. No way. Yes, because here's the thing, everybody oh out goodness. there listening uh, in the world. <laughs> um, so I did a photo shoot. Yeah. Your girlfriend is an amazing uh, photographer, a powerhouse. Photographer, director, is she directing too? She's doing, um, it's now like, I think the lines start to get blurred because a lot of Companies that hire photographers want video. Oh, because they're so cheap. They just want, hey, do it all. They want the two-for-one special. But if they hire Zoe, they're going to get it all, and it's going to be highbrow. Well, she is so talented, so incredible. The only time I've ever taken, I mean, except with a boyfriend, but uh, it's the only time I've ever felt comfortable to be, like, topless and have my photo taken, and I can't even look you in the eye when I'm telling you this. Wait, you took, really? Zoe took a... (laughs) Did those photos go out? Trump won. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) My headphones just... Wait, oh what? Oh, my God. <laughs> it could be like the running thing. That's what it is. <laughs> it's going to keep going. It's a, it's a runner, as they say in Tinseltown. Um, oh, yeah. So I felt safe enough with her because she's so super talented uh, to like have her take photos of my of, of my boobs. And, uh, and then 
I was in another thing with her. Anyway, and then while she was taking photos of me at my house, we both realized we both went to LOXA. We went to the same high school. I pulled out the yearbook. We found each other's photos in the Whoa. yearbook. This, I've marked the spots. I brought the yearbook into uh, the Nerdist studio today. Where's your girlfriend? There's Zoe! Look, have you seen this? Oh, my God. Wait, what year is that? This is, I think she was like in... That's like freshman year. 10th grade. Wow, look at that. When, when, when look to at be, when, when, <laughs> it's a great picture. That's great. Wouldn't it be funny if you like break up with her immediately? And I'm like, <laughs> wait a second. Um, I know, I'm the guy that realizes everything at the last second. Um, let me see that picture. I've marked it here. It's so cra- you know what's so crazy? I'll, this is another crazy little story that's part of this story, but... She and I went to elementary school together. You did? Did you go to Wonderland? We went to UES. What's UES? It's like on the UCLA campus. What? Nobody it's told me University about University Elementary School. How come I didn't go to that school? It was great. I went to Wonderland. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We, I- we were. We were. We were. It's like off Sunset. It's like right by UCLA. It's like in Westwood Village area. God, where was I? Who was making these choices for my life? Nobody. Um, I have a yearbook with her and I in it as like. Seven-year-olds. Oh, which is my so God. Crazy. Oh. So we have all these yearbooks that connect everybody. It's so crazy. This is crazy. How long have you guys been together? I want to take a picture of this. You should. Bye. Send it to her. Be like, look, she's trying to ruin our relationship. Show me photos of you wearing braces. <laughs> this is not what I signed up for. She's going to roll her eyes at this picture. <laughs> no, she and I, we've been together like five years. You've been together for five years. It's crazy, right? Oh, my God. I need to get into all of that. I'm, oh, God. I mean, I want to start with, wait, what you guys can't see is Robert's taking a photo. Of his girlfriend. <laughs> in the yearbook? Girlfriend in the yearbook. Girlfriend in the yearbook could be a Morrissey lyric. Girlfriend in the yearbook. Interesting you use Flash. I can't believe you use Flash. Um, I know. I just, you know, I'm like, I'm I'm a Flash kind of guy. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, everyone wonders why I use Flash. I, you know, I'm HTML. I don't know. I use Flash. Why, when you talk about Morrissey, <laughs> did you look at Aristotle like he gets it? Just because he nodded. Yeah, okay, good. Oh, I don't know what's going on back there. I have to have my back to Aristotle or else I'll like, freak out. Like I, I moved to this chair for an interview last week, and then I was like, no, oh, really? I can't do this. I can't see. It's too much. I get it's self-conscious. It's too distracting. It's okay. how, how long have you been in your relationship for again? Seven years. Whoa, seven years? Are you married? What's going on with that? Going to get married? <laughs> Uh-oh, I'm going to throw that question what's to you, Robert. What's the holdback? No, it's interesting how people are... I, I, I meet a lot of... I have a friend who's been in a relationship for like nine years and I talked to him and he's like, I don't, I mean, he like, it's that weird, it's that subject that like comes up. Yeah. Right. We're conditioned to think that's the next thing. Right. That's what you're supposed to do. Get married, have a kid. Right. But if you don't, I mean, if you, but if you want to, if you are a marriage person and you're not getting married, is Ooh, it, get you know out. I mean? is it, <laughs> you got to get out. Your friend has to get out. He seems to be miserable. Well, no, is it, no, Who is his friend. Am I dating him? That's funny because it'd be like, it's like in all those 80s movies where it's like, there's that thing where someone's like, I have this friend who likes this girl, but he doesn't know how to talk to her. You're like, you're the but friend. But this is me talking yeah. about like marriage. <laughs> like, I have this friend has been in a relationship for five years. No, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. But, um, I no, I mean, she had braces. She, I don't, I feel like we're both like, I feel like we both just like to work. Yeah. On on our I know, projects. I can, so I can it's never hard. track we don't her down. Think about it. Yeah. I spent more time with you in the past two years than I have with Zoe. It's funny because everybody says that. Like really? about her. Yeah. Yeah. I can never pin her down. And when I'm with her, I love how I feel when I'm around her. Yeah. We talk about intense uh feminine things. We get we get really like, honest real right quick. Away. Yeah. Yeah. 
and she's got like amazing eyes. You know, she has like these, you know, bewitching eyes. She's your girlfriend. I don't know. I don't have to tell you that. Unless you need a reminder. And that'll get you to the altar. Did she tell but, you? No, thing? but I was texting with her. She texted me this morning. She did? Yeah, she was like, you're into being my boyfriend today. And I was, ugh. I was like, ugh, guess he's not single. Oh Damn it. Goodness. No, I'm just kidding. Is that, that's, that's the background check on every, every guest that comes up? No, I know. I'm like dead inside. I've not been dating. You didn't watch the movie last night. I did. No, Tuesday, Tuesday. <laughs> you just Googled if I was single or not. I did not. Are you just, <laughs> You oh. just searched like page. We never <laughs> go, you. do you realize in Google searches, we never go past like, do you go into page nine? I'll go to page nine if I have to. Do you to. go to next? How many times do we go deep into Google? Because oh, if it doesn't God. come up in the first like four lines, we're out of there. I don't so know. Weird. but It's I, like I, a relationship today. I was on the Target website <laughs> though, and I went. To, I went to. I went to page twenty on a, looking at stuff on a Target website. Really? Yeah. Oh. Maybe not when I Google you though. Maybe I just got to. Oh, oh no. No, but I oh. feel like isn't it true? I mean, it's interesting. I think that like, but I know a lot of. I have a lot of single friends, female and male, and there's like a there is a common. I mean, is there like a is there a thread between between what? Like, what's the connection between everybody that is single and feels like I'm not meeting the people I want to meet? Like, what is, is there? Oh. oh. God, that's a good question. Because there are uh, a lot of great people out there. Like, is yeah. that really the thing? I don't know. I feel like maybe, I don't know. I can only speak for myself. I have two things. I feel disenchanted, and I want to talk to you about relationships and how you make a, fi- a thing, like a five year thing work. And yeah. uh, um, I don't know. I feel like maybe people aren't romantic, hmm. you know, because I've, I, are people still romantic? I feel like people don't want to be in relationships, so they always want the next best thing. And I even notice, like, and I'm not talking about you, but I'm talking about a lot of my friends who are, I mean, I barely know you. We're, we're getting to the bottom of a relationship today. Uh, it's all going to happen here. But I have, like, friends who are in relationships, guys who are married or just have a girlfriend, and then they'll direct message me because I, uh, and, and, and I don't even know them very well. And they, and they talk about, like, longing and fulfillment and i guess i i I serve as some kind of like Mm. vessel as like oh the girl on the internet who talks about relationships and dating and feelings who Mm. you know which is why a lot of people probably don't want to date me because i have this weird stigma of like being boy crazy because i had a blog years ago called Mm. i'm boy crazy which was a lot deeper than people think it was and they probably just think i'm promiscuous and crazy which but they dm you but these guys, guys in relationships who I love are married, that DMing is like a... That is a flirtatious thing. I think DMing so on... Funny. I think DMing on Instagram, if we're going to get real futuristic about love and dating and what it all means today, yeah. I feel like DMing on Instagram is more flirtatious and romantic and sexy than like a dating app. Because hmm. a dating app is just like, well, here we are. We're yeah. doing this like shooting, you know, we matched. We know what this means. Right. You know, like the, you know. The girl wants a serious relationship and the guy just wants casual sex or, or I don't know, or vice right. versa. I don't mean to play into traditional stereotypes, but yeah, it's, you mean, cause it's more unexpected. Yeah. The DM is more like, Oh, you got to come up with a weird reason to start a conversation or look at this picture. It's like a little bit like, like Facebook messages mm. or maybe it's like the middle, maybe it's like that middle, <laughs> sorry, this is just a me. Me. No, but maybe it's like the in-between experience between actually going out in the world and meeting somebody and yeah. then a dating app. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's just, it's that middle ground, weirdly so with technology, but it's like, there's a little mystery. It's unexpected. You don't know what you're going to get. Nothing made you do it. Yeah. You actually had to seek somebody out and take that step. Yeah. And, and, and like the foundation of the, the platform that they're using to communicate through wasn't founded on dating. Like it's not meant to date. Yeah. So it's being used in this way that's unexpected. So it's kind of sexy and mysterious. Yeah. Maybe that's, but it's inter- interesting that that's. Like, that's a new form of, like, connecting with somebody. 
that might replace the physical like greeting of somebody. Ugh, and I like meeting people well, because, in real life so much better. Because you know when you meet someone through a dating app, and by the way, oh. I was my five-year relationship, like I'm pre-dating app technology. Ugh, thank God. So I'm not quite, yeah. like, it's like a, a dad going on like Instagram or something. But like, <laughs> but, um, so I just lived through my friends, but I find it, it's so strange. Like, I don't even know if I, if, if, if I had not been in a relationship or if I were not in a relationship, I don't know if I would use those things. I wonder. Yeah, I I was on. I got on the Raya app. This horrible. Yeah, you, I've you've heard seen all this about app. this. Stuff. I bet you've seen it. I'm up to date. You know what's going on. Oh yeah, up to date, literally. Okay. I mean, and figuratively. He won. Up to date. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> up to date should be the slogan for the app. <laughs> That's actually great. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I can't believe. You know, we don't even need to record anything Get else. Get up to date. Get up. Today, this nice. is amazing. This is like you are a writer. Um, okay. Oh, but the reason I was going back to like why I'm not romantic, I, why I get I, I get afraid of romance, because I get these direct messages from my friends who are married or in relationships or whatever, uh, talking to me about like, yeah, you know, I miss being single and I'm in a relationship and I love her and she's so great, but I long for blah blah blah, and it and it makes me get really really disenchanted because i think oh my god so if i looked at your curated page on instagram and your lovely relationship and when i see the two of you at a party you look great but you're sending me a fucking direct message mm. uh you know getting existential about like what it all means and so then i get this idea that and this is long-winded but uh Okay, I don't want to stifle anybody, and I would hate to be the girlfriend of the guy who's direct messaging someone else or having a conversation with his friend about how they feel like trapped and what would it be like to be single. And I don't know if we can ever really is anybody really ever completely happy in a relationship? Because even going back to your movie, you know, the relationship with the two people, Dreamland. Dreamland. Yes, I, 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 I want to one word. You know, I will. I will have talked about it at length in the in the in the intro we'll to this there. podcast. Would you say? No, I said we'll go there. We're definitely going to go there. But just since we started talking about this, like, yeah. So I just wonder, like, do guys even want to be in relationships? I well, I love talking about the subject. I think that well, there's a few things too. As you were talking about, like the whole DM, what you were, ex- what you experienced, and it's like flirting. I feel like, and I don't like it. I feel like it's kind of a. I think it's. Look, I think the nature of the beast of like internet uh, communication is a lot of times people not being able to express themselves, so they use like this platform to yeah. do it. So because it's not easy to like confront people and have that experience, so we now we can like sort of hide behind you know the words on the page. Mm-hmm. And the photo you post and the the one that you like fix and relight and make yeah. it look perfect. Yeah. Like we're create we're shaping like a different experience for people to accept and buy into this like image we're, we're like, you know, putting out there. Yeah. But that that extends to how we like communicate with people. And I think probably the DM experience to me, that's like so far from romance because I think romance is about embracing the moment with someone together yeah. and like putting yourself on the line. Right. Yeah. Like to me, that is romance. And like just writing a bunch of like sexy writing and all that shit is like it's just kind of fake. It's just faking it. I totally agree. I guess I guess what I got sad about was not even the fact that these guys weren't necessarily flirting with me. I mean, who knows what their agenda was. But I hated the fact that that they were in relationships venting to me. It could have been in person. It could have been. And it made me think, 
it made me just kind of lose hope that like men yeah. don't actually so so it made you question what is a relationship then anyway yeah because now you can you can there's just you know even with social media it's like you can always see like there's another thing there's another thing you, you get distracted so easily with the next yeah. best thing and newness and i just wonder like not everyone though I hope I think this not. Is these dudes. And I mean, that's I, the problem. Okay. So make me excited about romance again. Well, and, let's and look at this election. I mean, you can't look at the guy who burns the church and tags on the side of it and think everyone is this person. Yeah, because right? you're not this person and I'm not this person. Yeah. Yeah. So we can't. I mean, if we looked at relationships and failed ones like that. Yeah. We would be coming from a place of like fear and like not being open minded and optimistic about so, it. I guess I'm. F- I'm a bit fearful now. So that's why Maybe that, that, a fear related that's thing. a block and I would like to be more hopeful. So when you ask like why are your friends who are great are not meeting people and, mm. you know, so I look to relationship like yours as like a, a hopeful thing. So how did you and Zoe meet? Through elementary school. Oh, I mean, but like, how did you? Um, I can't believe it. We, um, well, there you go. We were counting jelly beans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was fantastic. Addition, subtraction. It's really much what our relationship's all about. Funny if you trace it back to the roots. No, I feel like um, we um, we just I well yeah. So I had been in relationships, and I tour. I I play in a band, right? Yeah. So I tour in Rooney. You're, you're in Rooney. I'm in Rooney. You're I tour. in Rooney. I was listening to it on the drive over, doing a oh, meditation cool. on uh, on this. Really? This is already yeah, but this is like completely. Uh, my meditation gone Rooney album. Yeah, totally. I love that album. It's like my that favorite. Album? It's my favorite Rooney album. Nice, yeah. Nice. <laughs> The well, the, the when you go on the road a lot, you um, it's hard to like keep like it's hard if you're gone a lot. It's it's more it's more difficult to like keep a steady relationship. So you have to just be more aware of like how to live, how to just how to keep things going, and and that's for anybody in anything. If you, I mean, if you're if you're somebody that works overseas or you have like a long distance relationship, everyone would say it would takes it takes more planning and yeah, right. You have to have like your thing worked out with your partner. But um, so anyway, but I, I started touring when I was like 20 and it, like and still do. So it's, you know, it was a solid 10 years of touring before I took a break to make Dreamland. Yeah. But um, you meet a lot of people on the road. Were you in a relationship while you were on the road? I, I've done it Zoe? here and there. Yeah. But I think what was really cool was... It was cool. Zoe's an interesting. It's funny because she's going to hear this probably and be like, "Why are you talking about me?" Zoe? I'm, I had no idea this is where I was going to go. Probably love it. At first, it was going to be like Dreamland, 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 and all of a sudden, I'm like, "Well, yeah. here we go, Zoe. This That's one's cool. for you. I yeah, love you, exactly. girl. I love you. Exactly. <laughs> I really do." Oh, yeah. and when she texted me, yeah. she was like, "You should." I was like. She's like, you're interviewing my boyfriend. And I was like, yeah, give me some questions to ask him. And she's like, just be fun. Like, be sexy and ask him all the dirty stuff. And I was like, I was like, oh, my God, who does she think I am? Yeah. (laughs) I think she still thinks of me in an old way than maybe I used to be. But now I'm like, I love Howard Stern interviews and I love Mark Maron and I love Pete Holmes, who does his recordings here, too. Like, I just like really deep tangential conversations. Yeah. But I was like, all the dirty stuff. Plus, I would never flirt. With one of my girlfriend's boyfriends, so that's just not like the goal. But anyway, it's okay. so yeah. So when you met Zoe, we met yeah. her after the jelly bean. Well, so I, it was just the the main thing was just like when you find some like when you go through relationships and there's like something you try to learn from every relationship. I think it's yeah. great or any anything everything. I think we experience is like some kind of something to take away from it. And um what i was really excited to meet zoe because she and i grew up together and she's a really great artist and i was really excited to meet 
uh, somebody, you know, like I like that she was such a cool photographer and worked so hard and had really built up her own world as an, as an artist. And I was really, it was exciting to reconnect. And I, I just really hadn't dated anybody that was um, so invested in their creative work. And I thought that was really exciting and um but it's challenging too like i know a lot of guys in relationships with other musicians and it's challenging right because we also the word challenging it's challenging because we challenge each other and a good relationship i think challenge you know challenges you yeah right i'd hope so yeah yeah so but it's funny because like she's just really like she's got a really picky eye you know for things um does that make any sense? No, it doesn't. You'd say it, picky eye. No, I was thinking she's got a high taste level. Yeah, right. Yeah. The bar, the bar is high. Yeah, and I think it's just because she sets her own bar pretty high, so like things around her get that same treatment. But I'll be like, because this is the first time I've directed like a film before, right? And like I did, like before I did the movie, I started playing. I mean, I in Rooney, I I would work on the video treatments, and we go on video. We've shot a lot of music videos. You're on set. You're working with a lot of directors and did DPs. You ever, did you ever direct a Rooney video? I never like was like I'm the director taking the director credit, running, you know, like having to be that role. But um, I got to just work closely with really cool directors, and I think they look to musicians to like want to collaborate more on music videos. They probably want to be musicians secretly too, so they're like, "This is cool. Right. You hang out with this cool musician." But go on, yeah, yeah. No, it's there's, but like, I think that it's not completely foreign when you get to work in music. There's overlap with like the the world of shooting stuff. But um, anyway, but she, I would just show her stuff, and she would like take a moment, be like, hmm. Like, I was like, check this out. I'm just working on this. It's just really new. It's like not even finished. All the disclaimers. Like, just, I just kind of whipped it up right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Just check like, it out. It's been like two weeks. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. no, I was just like wanting, you just want like a cheerleader sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? A woman. You just want to, or like, or I'm a male cheerleader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just want a cheerleader. Or the you guy, want... yeah, with I, the tight pants on. I need that. Oh. <laughs> I'm looking for that. Keep your eyes open. But, you know, when you're in the when you're in the middle of the creative process or you're when you're flushing something out or you're still when you're it's still baking. Yeah. It's cool to like pop open the oven and take a smell and go, oh, it smells so great. And let it keep going. Encouragement. So but what if, happened? Well, I just like sometimes it, that's this is the challenge of when I think people in relationships with other like artists and stuff is everybody's artists are sensitive and they also want to be honest, I think. And there's that fine line between like I'm your cheerleader or I'm your I'm in your corner versus like do you want my real cre- my creative input? Yeah, and and this goes back to I'll go back to like talking about parents too, like because my mom oh god yeah is an act she's an actress Tally and she's Shire. like she's awesome yeah she's in your movie she's Dreamland. in my, she's in the movie Dreamland out <laughs> tomorrow eleven eleven mm-hmm. um, but she she's like really you know like she she has a high bar creatively and like is really she's a very like well read well schooled. Like deep, deep knowledge in the arts. I mean, deep like wisdom and like experiences. Well, your whole family is. We got to get to that too. Well, she well as as somebody as waking up every day with her like in the house. She, you know, like it's an interesting thing just to be around that. But it's interesting to date a you know Zoe, who's also an artist. I find similarities of like just wanting. What do you think? Do you like it? And it's like, well, hmm, huh? Like you get the huh. What are you trying to say with this, or something like that? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I feel like so. Def- you know, you feel like beaten. Oh. Like it's sad. And then, but what's great is then I think in relationships, a good relationship is even if you argue and bicker and all that stuff, if you can come back down 
to uh, a place where you have that mutual understanding and like being able to say like, hey, sorry for arguing with you. I love you and I want to make this work or whatever. Yeah. It's cool when you can come back to that place and you can have that connection. Yeah. And we can sometimes not be ourselves or spiral out and let fears get a hold of us. But when you can settle back in yourself and have that direct dialogue, that says a lot, I think. Well, I also think it says a lot about, first of all, I would never be able to date anybody who's, if they're an artist, I I wouldn't be able to date them if I didn't back what they do if I wasn't like a champion for it and really believed in them and I would want the same I I would want them to feel the same way about me Yeah. so I feel like already I mean you and Zoe are already starting from a a point where it's like well she's with you she believes in you Mm. you know you believe in her so already that's that's like a baseline that's where you're starting from so you're already supporting each other uh, because you're together that says a lot and then also I think it says so much about you that you're not just with some yes person mm. and that you're with a person who, that, that, I mean, that was one of the things that, you know, you're with a confident powerhouse of a girl. And Zoe was telling me how, I mean, I really did not realize I'd be saying her first name. Uh, we can bleep this. It'd be really funny to bleep out her first yeah, name to, to keep your privacy. <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious, actually. I like bleeps. But um, it's that, that, that I should talk, she told me I should talk about your mom because it's like, and that your mom kind of in, instilled this, thing in you or you respect women so much i mean mm-hmm. oh, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna get to that in a moment i do want to let i'm gonna complete aside let's go to dreamland we know you're yeah, cool okay. we know you're you're handsome you dress cool you got a cool girlfriend ladies listening back the fuck off how dare you Damn. don't even think about it all right Zoe and I will don't even think to, about DMing. Don't even think about DMing. Not DM. That's like uh, a <laughs> <laughs> um, that's like a subliminal message that they're all going to DM you. But um, you you got your all your stuff happening. You're a very creative person. Um, so then, and then you you you're so driven. So you wrote and directed your own movie. You co-wrote it with Ben Font, right? Mm-hmm. Who is this guy? How do you? Who's this bonehead? I'm just you know, kidding. I'm just I'm friends them. Yeah, but like, how did uh, how did we how, meet? How did you guys? Well, how did you guys meet? And how did you end up writing this together? And like, I'm gonna ask why? you a huge, huge, like tenfold question. Yeah. yeah. How did you guys come together? Why this story? You know, tell me all tell yeah. me all the stuff and explain well, to people what the movie is so they even know what okay. the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. So go. I'll start with. <laughs> well, let me start with the now. Okay. And then I'll go backwards. I like it. Storyteller. I'm going to do Star Wars 1. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then we're going to do the first one that we shot three years ago. Um, I, I'm a cool girl. I get that reference. I understand. Yeah. This nerdist. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Hello. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to leave. No, so, okay. So there's a movie called, I directed a movie called Dreamland. And I got, it was, it's an independent feature film. Uh, we made it. We shot it quickly. Oh. I, I always say we had like four years to dream and 18 days to shoot. 18 days. Yeah, we shot it really fast. Oh, my God. Which is funny because like, sw- like, now that I'm starting to talk about this movie, like I didn't know 18 days was a lot. I mean, a little. That's a little. Sorry, a little. Yeah. No, I did know it was a little. I Whenever I say it at our screenings, at the Q&As, people, I always hear a gasp in the room. It goes, ah. <gasps> like the whole audience is just like, what? We just had Alex Ross Perry in here. He's a friend of mine. He's mm-hmm. worked with your brother. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that bullshit too in a minute. <laughs> but he made a movie called Golden Exits, shot that in 15 days. Oh, and I was wow. like, I wanted to punch him in the face. Yeah. I was like, how the fuck? And it's a beautiful movie. But anyway, mm. go back to your beautiful movie, yeah. 18 days. Well, 18 days. Well, I think that, you uh, can apply the type of movie you're making to the amount of time you're shooting. And what I mean by that is like if you're doing a a movie, like a typical micro-budget movie, 
might take place like in this store, right? Like, imagine if the whole movie is just like us in this room. That sounds like a fun movie. It sounds great. We and should make a lot... that movie, Aristotle. Yeah, and there's like, and we shoot it. You know, we shoot it really fast, and we don't overthink it. And we're gonna like, we're gonna improvise a lot of it. We're gonna like have an outline. We're gonna work towards. And then all of a sudden, there's like a terrorist that comes in here and locks the doors, and we're like stuck with this guy. He doesn't know we're up here, but we're still podcasting. Like, imagine that story, right? That's a. Can we make that movie? Sure. Yeah. There, like there the, it is. A Duplass Joe Swanberg, hundred thousand dollar movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sounds great. So. You know, you could make maybe you could shoot that movie in eight days or something. But like, you know, the amount of time is just based on like sort of what it calls for, you know. But I think our movie was interesting about Dreamland was we, you know, as it's a first time feature for me, you know, you you kind of like you can dream big in the beginning and you're like you can imagine like crazy actors being in your movie and like we're going to get this location. That look, of course, we can do it for this amount of money. Like you kind of just start to. And that's where you're supposed to be. When you're dreaming something up, you're supposed to kind of be all over the place, right? And not rooted in reality. And then you're like, okay, be real with me. What's the budget? Yeah. (laughs) How many days? And it's like, you know, can we lose the guy at the bar who says, good to see you, sir. And we'll save $100 there. And like, yeah, you just try to like keep chopping away. And you're like, maybe if we could use this one location for like four scenes, four different locations in the movie in one so, like, you just get, like, really crafty about how you rearrange, like, the pieces on the board to, like, be able to... T- the whole idea is to tell a story, right? Tell your story. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think everyone who joins the team on a production is looking to help tell a story together and help, you know, support what the story, you know, the story is or the script is or what it calls for. And, um, but I think that we what's interesting about dreamland is like i think we try to we try to do more than maybe what 18 days was like supposed to be like we're a micro budget movie is kind of supposed to have like fewer locations and when you say micro budget just yeah. for the listeners what do you mean by that like do you know you know micro machines right the cars i do AJ. so take a budget and shrink it down the size of a little car <laughs> no i think um, that's like under two hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars. it's small i mean it's like there's no way your movie dreamland in theaters no. on December, uh, no, on November 11th, yeah. November 11th, yeah. 11, 11, it's out 11, everywhere. 11, everywhere. everywhere. Um, there's no way that was under $250,000. Well, I know was, it's tacky to ask, but I'm just give me a, an idea. What is micro budget to filmmaker? Well, it's in that listeners? world. It's in that world. Ultra low budget would be under like $500,000. So ultra low. Like, so your thing was ultra low budget. I, I can maybe, can I say this? I, I mean, don't know. I don't, know. Were, I don't know the. I'm so tacky. I only film your friends will be well, like. Fuck I don't know you, when you're say. supposed to not say. It, you can or give you me a ballpark. Yeah, we're all we're under. Yeah, we're ultra low budget. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he just said ultra low budget is five hundred thousand dollars or less. Under, yeah, yeah. And you said you're okay. I'm putting the piece together. Yeah. I saw Claudia and her husband. The, oh no way! In their in your movie, yeah. So nice. Anyway, go back to what you're saying. Well, I was just saying that like you try to you try to bring it in for as le- the least amount as you can is my goal because I feel like, you know, what what that does, I learned this from the music industry and I think a lot of people learn it, you know, I think you just pick it up, pick up on it. But, you know, if you can, some people make an album and they spend all this money on like, let's get like sashimi and we'll get this like, well, I'm going to rent this like crazy oboe play. This I want this person to come in and like get a sitar guy in. 
like every little thing you want to spend, and it's great if it helps it be a better record, but it doesn't always help. Though. That doesn't always help. You can get a little bit spendy and like a little careless, and then the more money you spend, you have to make that money back. This right? reminds me of dating the guy from Jet like many, many oh, really? years ago, and him like recording with Dave Sardi and all these, right. these Australian yeah. men who had no idea that it's money wasn't yeah. coming out of the trees forever. And right. they're like, let's do it all. I'm like, Ugh. anyway, go on. Yeah. Well, if you make an if you're making an independent feature and you're not on like a late, you know, you're not on a label. The equivalent would be you're not with a production company that's like funding this project you're doing it by you know getting your independent financing well tell me why the story and and, um, and how if you're at a party and somebody went oh what's your movie about like how do yeah. you explain it um well okay so part of it is i was really I, i've always i always wanted to direct and before i started rooney and got and got really swept up into the the music industry and and pursuing music as a profession I was wanting to direct. I did direct and I went away to like film school and learned how to uh, shoot with like super eight cameras and how to edit. And we shot like music videos and we, we played around. What school? It was in Oxford, Oxford media program. Where's that? In England. Oh, oh! You went to Oxford? Uh huh. Oh my God! For for a short amount of time. Who but just are to you? Study this. What? I can't believe this. Oh, oh, Alexa. Oh, you thought I was from LA. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, um, no, so, um, anyway, I just, I, the whole thing is I wanted to make movies and then I found that songwriting was like making movies, but they're like short audio movies. Like telling stories? Yeah. It's storytelling. Audio stories. I audio like that. Stories. That's so, what the show is to be called. Audio stories. Audio stories. Go on. So, um, anyway, so I really liked, what I liked about music was I could like record on my little you know, I had a my brother gave me a four track like tape recorder and you could you could just keep dubbing. You could record multi track, like multi track little demos. So what was so cool was being able to record yourself and then listen to it back. You need to turn your phone over. It's, it's blowing not, up. Yeah, he's he's a cool that? guy. His phone blows up. That's to be expected, no, but was, not on my show, goddammit. Those Attack. are like those are those are um reminders. DMs. Um, DM reminders. DMs. Um <laughs> By the way, people who get alerted to like Instagram likes, I think are so embarrassing. I have to cut them yeah. out of my life. I'm like, who, yeah. who needs that kind of validation? Right. I know, right? I mean, if my phone was getting alerts, I'd be, a notific- I'd be like, Ugh, I'd be going mad. Someone liked my photo. Oh, awesome. Um, um, but task, basically- A task cam? Is that yeah. what you had? Yeah, I had a I have, I have two task cams. No way. If you want one, I'm getting rid of some. Really? Yeah. I love the task And I bought all the tapes, tapes. in case. Okay, yeah. It was like, so basically what I, what was cool was you could make, you could write a song and record it and then hear it back. And it felt like you could make a finished little product really quickly. Yeah. Without ha- we, if you're trying to pursue filmmaking, it take, there's a lot more people, pieces and things and sometimes not, but you know, there's more moving parts and, 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 you know, to, to tell a story with, you know, audio and, and visual. Fuck it. I'm interrupting again. Yeah, it's okay. Is, let's get real here. Also, you come from a family of very successful filmmakers you know and so is that was that daunting the idea like i want to make movies too but oh my god and and tell me mm-hmm. you're is that clock wrong i bet better be wrong right it's wrong somebody's gotta well, nobody cares we can nobody just cares? Yeah, I'm um, good. yeah but no it's like one I, that'd be terrifying but uh break this down for me because i've never fully tuned into it and i hope yeah. it's not doesn't anger you or annoy you because no. whatever but this is interesting to my listeners we're going to get to know you this is a, a love letter to you a spotlight on you in your life and let, yeah. uh, whatever it's okay you are robert schwartzman your brother is actor jason schwartzman your mom is talia shire an amazing actress she's your mom mm-hmm. her brother is break this down for me is yeah. francis ford 
Coppola. Coppola. The only reason you're here is to understand if I can pronounce it properly. I don't know if it's Coppola yeah. or Coppola. Yeah. I've never understood. <laughs> yeah. I've always been too shy. Same People with Martin. say Coppola. It's Coppola. It's Coppola. That's, that's the takeaway. <laughs> no, I don't yeah. even know. And is it Martin Scorsese or Scorsese? I don't know. I, that I don't know. I feel like Me it's Scorsese. Scorsese, I would say. Scorsese. Scorsese. You just said it both ways. In the Scorsese. Anyway, I'm it's so Italian. confused. It's Italian. I had Ileana Douglas. That's Scorsese. Scorsese? Scorsese. I had Ileana Douglas here. And she dated him for 10 years, and she couldn't figure it out either. Really? Wasn't that odd? Yeah, that's No odd. wonder they broke up. But, um, okay, so your uncle is Francis Ford Coppola. What else do I need to know here? Anything? Oh, your cousin? Mm-hmm. Can you break it down for me? Because I'm... How does it connect? I just... Uh, the point is... You, you mean, how from, does it all connect? Yeah, you, you have all this, these amazingly creative, interesting... Yeah. Your uncle is Roman Coppola? No. Yeah, he, he's cousin? Fra- Francis has... Three kids. Yeah. And um, Gio was the oldest. And Gio passed away when he was young. So that's a whole other, you know, obviously that's a huge deal. Um, But Gio's daughter is Gia Coppola. Okay. So before he passed away, he had an incredible daughter, Gia. And um, Sophia and Roman are Francis's other two kids. Those are your aunt and uncle? Cousins. Is your cousins? Yeah. Because okay. my mom's brother is Francis. Okay. Sorry. And then their oldest sibling, there's three, August Coppola, who wasn't in the film industry, was in, um, he he ran universities. He's like, an, he was an incredible, talented, crazy, you know, smart, badass <laughs> named August Coppola. And, uh, and then he had three kids, uh, Mark, Christopher, and Nicholas. So Nicholas, everyone knows as a famous actor as Nicholas Cage, but his real name is Nicholas Coppola. Oh, and he changed it just to get away from the family. Like I don't know, uh, because know. he was credited as Coppola in the beginning, but I think, yeah, I think he just wanted to, uh, to have, I think he liked the name Cage and wanted to just like have a stage name. Well, you, have, you know it? Because of Luke Cage. The, the comic book character. Yeah. Oh, he liked That's how Luke he got Cage? that name. It all comes back to comic book stores. But I think, but the act of changing name, you know, maybe it could be so many. Re- changing name is like there's, there's probably it's such a deep, lo- you know, it's probably a lot to it. It's a personal thing. Such yeah. a personal thing. It's a but choice. but Christopher is a filmmaker. Mark's an actor and a big radio DJ named the Cope in New York. Oh K-Rock. really? Yeah. Oh Mark Coppola. Oh my god. And then, um, and uh, you know, and the and the other side of my family, my my brother John Schwartzman's a a, a, a cinematographer. He's like a really success. He shot the new he's shooting the new Star Wars. He coming out. is. He shot Jurassic World. Oh and my God! Sea Biscuit and Holy The shit. Rock and Armageddon. He's the man. I can't believe this. He's my yeah. big brother John and um, big brother John. And then my sister Stephanie's amazing, and she's an amazing kids, and she did work in like production design before she had a family. So everyone kind of like works. My brother Matthew Shire, my mom's like first son, is a writer. Oh, it was half half brother. You never. Say, I have a half brother, and I only ever call him the half brother. No, we're like other. so. Well, That's... we were raised under one. We were raised together. Yeah. And we were like six, seven years apart. Um, so we were all like, I feel like we were so close growing up. So he's a really awesome screenwriter and TV writer. Oh my goodness! And um, but it's cool. I mean, the other side of my family, you know, like the Schwartzmans, like my uncle Leonard's, like a really great. He's like a sort of a, I don't know. I the word famous is so stupid, but this uh, incredible doctor. He was the first of his class at UCLA. Really? We'll celebrate him. But yeah, no, he's incredible. His kids are incredible. 
there's a like a wide family, but there's a lot of like people in the film industry. So, you know, the film industry is such it's a it's a small world that, you know, and but it is like everyone's sort of, you know, there's a, a lot of crossover with what we do. So and it's not like we talk about it all the time. Like I, I, I think I personally am just big on family. Like I enjoy the family connection. You make me want to have a big family. It sounds so yeah. cozy. I'm like this only child just like alone. It's yeah. like it sounds very like warm and lovely yeah. and I would like to know what those family gatherings look to be a fly on the wall of like, you know, Thanksgiving. Is that? Well, it's tricky because I think that the, the, there's, I think there's like two sides to things because, well, there's two sides. There's a lot of sides of things, but the, I think with the film industry, I think when you're an art, when you're in the creative business, people can be really um, protective over their like art and really, and sometimes you can be really precious about what you're doing, you know, so you can build a, a kind of like a wall kind of relevant statement right now mm-hmm. sorry to say <laughs> i don't want to say that i was going to catch myself the wall <laughs> no you can build a wall around yourself creatively where you just don't want to collaborate and you don't want to like express yourself but and when people are working on stuff and i know i don't really like to tell people like what i'm doing when i'm when i'm trying to work on something yeah. I, w- I just honestly i feel like it kind of st- it gets in the way of like just working but it's like a way to keep from doing it. Oh, I'm talking about it. Instead yeah, of doing exactly. It. It's like, yeah. yeah, well, then just shut up and do it. Go work on it. And even you talking but, about it, it being scary to talk about your stuff with yeah. with your own girlfriend, let alone right, right. anybody else outside it's of that true. little intimate bubble. It just connects to family stuff because I think when when I see my family, I don't, you know, I don't think it's all about like you don't talk about, you know, you 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 talk about business with everybody. Like, how's your movie going, or is it coming out? When can we see it? Like, you would anyone would say that yeah. to each other. So I don't know if our, if, although everyone is connected in this one industry, like I don't think it's like dominated by that same topic all the time. Oh, I'm, my question you know more I mean? was I. And not, but I get the, it, it comes up a lot. Like some people always wonder, like, what is it? You know what I mean? But well, my of. question was really uh, about um, feeling pressures. Feeling pressure and just because uh, I know that you know if I I make stuff and I write stuff and I do things yeah. and I, I I will feel a certain way knowing a. a girl i'm aware of or know in the world if she's doing something similar i think oh my god well i can't do this now mm. fuck mm. oh she's doing it like so i i'm I, I can only imagine like what would that be like if you if and, you're if your own family is you know with a very high taste level you know not you know your you your girlfriend your family members have exquisite taste make really you know deep special stuff i almost said content oh my god know, it's so funny. So, oh god i'm so sorry it's okay uh, it's okay but they make these things. So yeah, is it a little bit, I could see like going, Oh, I'm going to make music and, uh, and, and use, and I can you go to school, you go to school for filmmaking and then you end up making music. I can, of course, like I can see you're a creative person and, and, and uh, music and film. I have a lot of friends who, who do both and are into both, but was it less daunting? Was mm. there any aspect of you going, uh, it's like, it feels a little competitive even, even if like it's it only could be internally. My thing or something. Like like that's your path, and you can kind of own that within the family. If you're, I don't know, I'm I'm project. I'm that's just, my cage. That's my cage. Yeah. My name change. <laughs> no, I think that the what's interesting. My brother, a lot, I'm not. I'm surprised people don't sometimes know this about my brother Jason, but like he had a band called Phantom Planet before he became like a full time actor, right? Or full time in like the you know TV and film world. Yeah. And like, so that was like, his music was like everything. Jason's like so, so crazy into music and like has like a zillion instruments and knows a ton about bands. He's so up to date. 
um, like so crazy up to date. So it's like music is his life, I think. And he started. I I would go see his band in in L A. Growing up in L A., I'd go to the Roxy or the Troubadour or the You're Whiskey. Mm-hmm. Okay. I used to just like go to the shows and hang out with my older brother and his homies. Because I was like, this is awesome, like the band, I'm going to the Roxy night. Yeah. And I have like class tomorrow. But like, oh yeah, I was out last night at the Roxy. Yeah. Uh. My brother played. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We got him like one in the morning. I'm so tired. <laughs> like whatever, you feel so cool. And like, yeah, like it's just, you're, you know, when you have older siblings and they take you out with them, you feel like it's awesome. So like, and they were, you know, when I was, I think I was a ninth grader. I think he was a s- senior when I was like an eighth grade or something. So like you know, there's a there's a difference in age enough in grades where you like you feel like you're hanging out with all these older people, and um, so I really looked up to him and all of his friends, and they taught me how to play guitar and like, show, you know what I mean. So I was exposed to music through him. So both of you went towards music yeah, initially, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And his band was signed and like put out a major record release and and did really well. So you know, like I think. I was just like around that world and was like, wow, what would it be? What would it be like to perform? What would it? Because I was, I was far from wanting to like get on stage anywhere. I'm not like a, I grew I grew up shy and not wanting to like sing. Really? Like in front of any? Yeah. No. I mean, I just don't. I'm just not that kind of a. I didn't grow up like that. So I think that the. I remember the first time I played a show at the Troubadour and it was like the weirdest but awesomest, most crazy rush, you know, feeling of like, whoa, like I just play, I'm on stage right now singing for people and it was like so crazy. But once you, once you do something and you really love it, it's hard to like stop doing it. You yeah. Know? You get that feeling. I, but, love, I um, love that place, by the way. Something about yeah. the Troubadour, that old school LA energy yeah. to it, where it just feels like classic, like you can feel the people who perform yeah, there. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's a great, I, I mean, it's an incredible fun. place. But anyway, I, going back to the question is like I just I pursued music, and I I I was around it because of my brother, and I was around my older siblings shared a lot of music with me, so I really loved, and I started writing music, and that's what got me hooked. All right, so you love music, I get it. Okay, fine. I don't yeah. want to fight, but, uh, but no, but that's what it is. Okay, no, but, so, but so my but my grand my grandfather Carmine, my mom's dad, was a composer, and he was a flutist. And he was like, he was a child Italian immigrant prodigy Italian flutist. Yeah. And uh, so they grew up, their generation grew up with a ton of music, like everywhere. They went on tour with him and like, so all that stuff trickled into their projects, into their films. Yeah. So music has always been a huge like part of our lives, even though the film industry, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But like music to me and film are, they go, they go together so well. And they're so they need each other, and I think it takes us to Dreamland. I mean, Dreamland's a, m- a movie about a musician, and there's a ton of music in it. And you composed the entire film, right? Or you you did the score for the movie? I wrote, yeah, I wrote song, I wrote original songs and score, and we we also like shaped it with a lot of awesome musicians who contributed. Like so we licensed some really great stuff for it, and then. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I've I I think for me, this is making a film. It was like, how do I can I bring music into this in some way and have a life where I 
can work in film and also have music a part of it. And so, okay, so the family, yeah. th- they were never daunting. Other people being successful filmmakers was never a scary thing for you to compete with. That's that's the take, right? I just want to make sure I get clarity on the yeah. answer. No, I think, I'm like, I'm answering like a politician. No, like, you didn't. It's but like that... I'm like being, well, well she. No, no, no. Kidding. But I was, I, you know, I was just wondering, wasn't sure if it would be, if it was a little bit uh, daunting. No, if it, it is. wasn't. Yeah, yeah. No, of course it is. I mean, look. Did if... they give you advice? Did you get any advice and go, hey, I'm going through this thing. I don't quite understand this. Did anybody mm-hmm. go, well, here's what I right. would recommend? Well, I think that, well, going to answer that question specifically, like, I think that there is competition in, you know, around every uh, other artist. And I think that, but I just, for some reason, I'm just never, I'm not thinking about what are they doing or what am I, like, I'm not com- trying to, compare or wanting it to be good because they're going to see it and go oh well that yeah i I want them to be proud of me that's yeah definitely i mean i definitely want what i the things i work on to be the best i can do yeah and i care yeah i mean i really want to excite people and not just family i want to excite people around me i want people to be really excited about a new album or a new song or performance you know it's like it's kind of when you i guess the role of entertaining or creating something there's a responsibility of really trying to do, you know, do the best you can to your abilities to create something that's moving or inspiring. I guess I waited too long to say I loved your movie. Oh, I cool. loved it. I loved it. I loved it. No, it's beautiful. That's and awesome. uh, And, okay, well, I'll get back to if, if any of them offer advice, if any of your but No, we can do that. No, let's, I mean, I, I um, didn't uh, really go to family before I had really started the process of making this movie because... Other than my brother's in it, my mom is in it. I just like personally don't learn the most when I'm, if I'm not doing something. I totally get it. Yeah. So like I, it was cool telling them that I had this movie going after we'd already started prepping it. Yeah. It's yours. It's It's, your thing. I can take more ownership over it. Yeah. And, um, but it was cool to share it. Once we cut the movie, I got to show it to my uncle and my cousins, and they and I got you know I wanted notes, I wanted feedback. Oh, what a, yeah, what a great group to get it's feedback cool to from. Get feedback oh, so from they them. gave you feedback on the thing. Good, it was I'm, cool. I'm pulling I mean, you. I'm pulling. Yeah. <laughs> and we did. Like I mean, pulling teeth here. Yeah. And and I'll say too, like to add to that too. I mean, like we got feedback from a lot of really cool filmmakers and editors and actors, and we had little you know we 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 have little focus group screenings of about five people. And you're looking at my hands like this. Yes, I'm. He's making great hand gestures. And, you're missing it, guys. It's fantastic. More and, for me. Uh, well, and so yeah. So we would. You know, I think it's important to get feedback as you're working on something because if you're trying to make something that's entertaining, or if you want to like, if you want a certain reaction out of an audience, I think it's good to start testing that with with an audience. I think it's always good to get feedback from people whose opinion you respect because you could get yeah. opinions from anybody but it's like who cares about that person's opinion i mean like on if you but, don't look up to them or don't respect them you know but i'll tell you i'll tell you this though i mean i think to, i totally i agree and i think that i like actually getting opinions from people that aren't what what someone might be like oh an expert in this or an expert in that yeah. because i will because i think that if you're just trying to make a movie for people no matter who you are That's or what you point. do you're going to see this movie, right? Yeah. So I want to know, like, I want a wide range of feedback. It's interesting because there's two things. You want to make sure you are saying what you want to say and you're it's the most you, you know, from your point yeah. of view or whatever it is you're going for, that your goal is met, that you set for yourself. Yeah. And then also, and, and yeah, you, you make a great point. What an asshole I am. You're so right, though. Are people going to 
enjoy it. A lot some filmmakers don't give a fuck if their audience enjoys it, you mm. know? Yeah, I, I definitely care what people think of it. I, I want them to like it. I mean, I, I by the way, I I growing up, okay, I was born in 19 at the end on the end of 1982. On the older end of the millennial scale. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> it's true though. Yeah, it's true. And <laughs> Me I, too, I'm barely. Yeah. And you know, you're in the you're growing up in the 80s. I mean, by the time it's 1990, like I guess it was the end of I'm you know I'm just turning eight, like at that time. Yeah, that's when you're or after jelly beans. like in the 90s, early 90s. Yeah. So like you're exposed to movies and music, and at that time, if you think about the industry, you know, independent feature films are probably being made at all times, right? But like the idea of self-distributing movies and things like that, reaching an audience without big distributors, somebody having to give you the stamp of approval. I think there was less of that during those days. So you were, you were exposed to bigger forms of entertainment, big experiences, more money, you know, lots of studios investing in a wide range of types of stories and movies, not just developed, like, proven IP, like a Marvel comic book. No offense to the comic book. No offense. I'm sitting in the heart of the comic But I think that, I guess my point is that I liked movies that were entertaining and exciting, and I liked eating, like, you know, Sour Patch Kids and, like, freaking out when this thing happened in the movie and like spill my drink on myself because i'm terrified like i want to feel those emotions and i want people to feel them too um i felt like uh it was like your movie which can you just tell people what this is about give give the log line for god's sake just before i launch no you're just what is it about Okay. Can I read you the logline I wrote? Oh, man. It shouldn't have come from your heart and yeah, soul. But, but I, I'm calling Zoe. If there's a screenwriter listening, <laughs> they're going to like roll their screenwriter, eyes. Screenwriter. Listen, here's what I... Okay, it's about... You cannot hear what it is for you? For me, um, it's... Uh, That's more important. No, I want you to explain to the people. Okay, it's I mean... your movie now. Ugh, I didn't watch it. Okay. No, I did <laughs> Um... Are you? No, that's you, that's my uh, meter. You have to go put money in the meter. Yeah. Go do it. Check check. What yeah. do I do? Yeah. We'll resume. Go Are run out not, there. Can you pause it? Oh, okay, we're pausing cool. it. Okay. Sorry. Sweet. Um. Sorry about that. No, it's good. Are we rolling? We're rolling. Okay. So the log. And I'm not being rude right now, by the way. I'm just going to set my timer. Everyone should do this whenever they use a meter. Okay. Sorry. Um. The log line. It's about, I don't know. It's a, it's about a guy in a unfulfilling, uh, possibly on the tail end of a relationship. He's in an unhappy relationship with his girlfriend. They've been together for a long time. Uh, they both seem dead inside, and uh, he's struggling. He's a musician. He, he has a dream of opening a, a piano bar, and he's just trying. He has no money in his bank account. He's trying to make ends meet. Uh, he gets this job. I mean, God, I'm just gonna. I, I'm so. I'm so literal. I'm just gonna be like, and that's the story, folks. Uh, he gets a job. Oh, there, there are voicemails from his mom. His mom has moved. Uh, I don't know why she moved. I can't that's remember cool. why did she move. He gets a job at a piano bar. Um, he don't give this list away. The, you know al- the aliens. Oh God! I fuck you. Oh, you did this to yourself. But uh, he gets involved with a with an older sexy married woman with a lot of money um mm-hmm. you know i don't know i don't know what it's supposed to reveal and then uh you know that's good i mean that's the log line you from what people me. say it should be like one sentence right yeah not, not this herky-jerky bullshit i'm putting people through well can i read my log line? yeah of course please do i just have to find it and while you find it here's what i want to say it was reminiscent to me and i don't know what your inspirations were because yeah. you still never fucking told me why <laughs> you and ben font decided oh, to tell, tell this story that. but um while you're looking for your gosh darn log line 
it was reminiscent of, uh, is that bad? I think it's probably tacky to ask somebody how much they, they spend on their movie and to tell them what it reminds them of, but no, fuck it. No, do it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, not Leonard Maltin. Just is talk he? to me. Um, shampoo. Cool. I do love the movie Shampoo. Love the movie Shampoo. Um, let's see. Uh, what's the Mrs. Robinson movie? Oh, The, the Graduate. graduate. Mm-hmm. Shampoo. Um, uh, what's not the movie with the, an American, wait, American Gigolo. Um, I don't know. It just had a 70s film quality, which is my favorite time in cinema. Because mm-hmm. I really love an unmarried woman and just like, oh, do you ever watch, while you're looking for that, mm-hmm. do you ever watch John Favreau's Dinner for Five? I, I thought it's a really cool idea for a show. I haven't, well, I haven't seen it though. Oh my god! Well, it was, it was on like in the nineties or, or like whatever early early aughts, mm-hmm. and uh, you can watch every episode. Do on you love it? YouTube. I'm so obsessed because I'm just there. There are conversations of like filmmakers, uh, writers, musicians, actors, producers. It's just like them having dinner, having a chat, and it's fantastic. What's your goddamn logline for Dreamland <laughs> it's in sound theaters? So dumb, right? Eleven, eleven. It won't sound dumb. You're safe here. We love you at the Love Alexi podcast. Can I, if, if it's not good, can we not use it? Okay, ready? Yeah. Set against the palm tree lined streets amidst the hustle and bustle of Los Angeles, Dreamland is an old story about young love. High school sweethearts get mixed up in fleeting love affairs, his with a rich married woman who fans the flames of his far fetched dreams. Do you like that? I love it. Cool. The movie just instantly became much clearer to me, and uh, <laughs> the yeah. fanning the flame, fanning the flames of your far fetched dreams is is well. That's what sort of happens. Is like he, this character Monty, played by played by Johnny Simmons, um, is um, at a point he's 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 very vulnerable at this point in his life. The door, the window has been left open because he feels like he really doesn't have anyone there anymore. And I think he's also the kind of guy who, uh, you know, his backstory might be that he's somebody who has a zillion, I'm going to do this now. I got this thing. I'm going to go do that. I just got a deal if I could. And then you don't quite follow through on everything. So it's like the boy who cried wolf where people start to lose like faith in you. And we see that his girlfriend of many years has like reached that point with him. And there's a disconnect physically now in their relationship. It's it's kind of it's bleeding into their like Ugh. love life. It really happens. Yeah, and you know her mom is very divisive as far as like living there. You know the the relationship and the place they're in is definitely all working against him, and making his you know his dreams seem further and further away. And uh, he meets this woman who is exciting and knows how to you know hit touch the right notes and makes him feel like he can do this and can do that. And I think that, to me, in the movie, when he meets her, Olivia, played by Amy Landecker, um, is when we see him feel more confident about maybe he can achieve this. But it's partly kind of like why he ends up in this sort of uh, affair with her, because I think that there's something he's missing and wants, and I think... I feel like, don't you feel like there are times in your life where you might be more vulnerable to a type of relationship that might not be you, but like you might just be engaged in it? Yeah. Because there's something missing in your life? Yeah. That's every so, person I sleep with. Right. Just yeah. kidding. <laughs> but yeah. So, I mean, it's his, it's his journey. And, but a lot of the characters, I think, feel a similar, there's a, there's a similar connection between all the characters. I think of it as an ensemble. Because I think there's a lot of colorful characters. And we are an indie feature, as we said before. 
so every character is really in, there there's a real intention of why this character why this actor and trying to really tell uh tell a story that has a lot of moving parts to it as well not just this these two people having this affair together yeah anyway but we have um alan ruck in the movie alan we, ruck plays he plays the hotel manager who you oh, would know yeah. from ferris <clears throat> bueller cameron yeah he's the best yes and I'm sure he's like so sick of people like Cameron Ferris Bueller, right? Yeah. Well, oh my gosh, man, it could I be love worse. That movie. It could be worse, Alan. <laughs> it's true, but he's uh, he's incredible and was a trooper. And then um, Beverly D'Angelo. Oh my god, I love her. She's been on Dinner for Five on the John Favreau. Oh really? Thing. What a fucking badass. Yeah, How'd... she's awesome. Yeah, she's really uh, she's a really cool, really awesome person. She's super smart and really creative and really fun to work with because she really let us play around and she didn't stand in our way. You know, sometimes the the fear I think that people have on a set where you have like limited resources is like being able to accommodate Fancy the people. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause you want to like, you want to have some amenities on that hotel. You want to, you know, we want to be able to like, you know, give back to them and everyone on the crew. And you never know if someone's going to like kind of throw a wrench in like the, the schedule. You know what I mean? They might not show up to set or something like that. Yeah, or if you're a first-time director, it's a Just little bit fighting less... you on everything. Well, yeah, or... it's like well, it's a yeah. le- it's a little bit less daunting if you have somebody who isn't so fancy or you might be in awe of or or like you expect like oh, I have to make this person happy because mm. she's this person mm. and she's you know and I don't know it's like more pressure on a first-time director mm. to deal with. Beverly D'Angelo than some person who's never done anything, you know, mm. who might just be a good actor and happy to be there who might not fight back. Anyway, whatever. Push well, back. The, I think that and also also if you kind of ima- go if you if I take you like close your eyes and you come to set with me right now, like basically we're all there's no trailers, there's no privacy. So we're all in, you know, when they're waiting between takes, they're right back in the living room with everybody around them. And, you know, that's really cool. I think it's really amazing when actors just want to be a part be a part of a That's so awesome. of a production for the for the reasons of why one might have gotten in this industry in the first place because they really enjoy the material they really love the people that they're working with they feel inspired they love the character they feel like they can have their own voice creatively on this production they're not being you know pushed to the side so i think we created an environment where people felt comfortable yeah to like open up to us and that's what i think makes a smaller budget movie work Good. Nick Thune. Nick Thune is the man. Yeah. Noelle Wells. She was just on the podcast. Oh, cool. This week's episode, which is That's awesome. scary to put out after in the midst of all this madness. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But uh, yes, she but was great. She's great. And she, the part of the movie, she had actually met, she came in to talk about the role of the girlfriend role. But I felt like she would be better as the, the girl he meets later in the story because and it's a smaller role, but she was excited to be a part of it. And I don't know, there's something so lovable and sweet about Noelle. You just like she's you know, hopeful, yeah. She's hopeful. And that's a good place to put her, yeah. Yeah. So um, Frankie Shaw's in the movie. She plays the girlfriend. Yeah. And she's um people you've seen her in Mr. Robot. And um, I've never she's seen a writer Mr. director. Robot. She's cool. Oh, she's, she is? Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Yeah, she's there was a lot of like Oh, can I tell you more about this movie? Yeah, please. Okay, cool. Yeah, oh my God. That's really why um, you're here, but I just can't. Well, I didn't want to like, you know, <gasps> no, go keep, on and on about keep it. Keep going. But like they, I thought it was cool to work with people who um, were going to be challenging in terms of they they have a real, they have a background 
in writing or directing or they 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 have their own voice creatively that they're developing and they're going to really want to look deep into this movie and make it the best they can make it. Oh wow, you are strong. You want you're up to the challenge. That's yeah, why I'm you're dating Zoe and that's why yeah, you're up right. to the challenge of dating a strong woman. Keep yeah. going. Okay, yes. Well, so it's cool. I mean, there, you know, and that's tricky because there's times where you have no time to shoot because you have a you have a certain time limit on your location or your crew, right? So, and we have to get like, you know, five more scenes today. And but also there's a moment where all when you have more actors in one scene together, you have more voices and more questions. Well, what if, why would I come here? If she's wanting, if he's trying to leave, like, well, why would I chase him out? And wouldn't she be more, you know what I mean? You get those questions. Yeah. But then when that question's introduced, like a, like a debate, like one person might go, well, I don't think he would do, you know, and then you get this person going, well, he's right. I think you start to create this kind of whirlwind of ideas and then that's where it's kind of interesting to be a director because you have to also you have to be with them. You have to connect and re- keep that relationship going. But you also have to keep your relationship with your crew because they're all looking at you tapping their watch going, we're going to lose like light right now and you're not going to get any more shots on the next scene. And what about your original intention when you're just writing it? Right. Going, oh, this is what we thought. Okay. Well, that well that to me is I, I just like the idea of things finding their ways you know in terms of like what what this moment is going to give us yeah that sounds fun and exciting so so i think that like that uh so it was cool it was good to have those moments because we really challenged it was good to have like a real challenging moment where someone's like i really don't understand why she says this line here like i just don't she this doesn't seem like she would do this and then like real frustration happens between them like in a good way yeah Going like, you know, feeling passionate about how they feel about this. And then like, and I think, you know, it's good to like try things different ways. So like, let's shoot it that way. Let's try it this way and like see how it feels. And then let's really talk about it again. What would you do differently now if you're in your shoot? Are you going to do you plan on making a second movie? Mm-hmm. What would sequel. you put a sequel? Dreamland 2. Exclusive. The dream goes on. <laughs> God, oh, it really does feel good to laugh. Um, yeah. What would you do differently as a director? You know, the next time around. Yeah. Um, don't, don't let people get so collaborative. It no, takes a lot no, of time. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I'm sorry, I laughed so no, hard at my cool. own jokes. That's good. Um, I think that uh, maybe having more time to shoot would be really good. But I don't think actually my what I would say to like. My my guess is that you there's never enough time. I think if I was sitting here with like directors who've made a zillion movies, they'd be like, "Listen, bub, yeah, there's never enough time, kid." I like this. Welcome to my life. Character study. Yeah, you're work. gonna fight this. You're gonna fight that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's cool to um, to have that, and I think it's cool to this the the edit changed the script a lot so oh, we God. if you read the script and then saw the movie you would see a lot of differences so i i really liked that we've that the movie kind of found itself in the edit in the edit um but we should go back to your first question about font oh my can God. i take you back there really fast? i would like to take you yes i have one quick question no, yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, did you sit in on every on the edit sessions every day and and did you did yeah i got to get my hands in there and did you uh, did you meet with very like a bunch of different editors, and and, and hire somebody you felt like? Ooh. Yeah. So I'll talk. Okay. So first of all, our, ed- our editor's name is Chris Donlin, 
And Chris, since we made Dreamland, has gone on to cut a lot of stuff. But when he when he did Dreamland, um, he had done a movie called Creep. Oh, um, Bryce. Wait, Patrick, Patrick Bryce. Bryce. Yeah. yeah. And then he did that was like his first feature with Patrick. And then he did the Overnight. Oh, the yeah. Duplass. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And then he went on to do Togetherness on HBO, and um, a movie called Lamb. Um, and he's now he's now on Room 104 for HBO. Like he's doing a lot of TV, and he's like, if you met him, you would fall in love with Chris. In really? A yeah. Because I'm 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 making something. You, I'm gonna love... need an editor. I'm gonna need an editor. I'm gonna need a great DP. You gotta meet with Chris. I would love that. He's like the nicest guy ever, and he's just so soft and sweet, and um, and just really patient. Why are you drooling? Sorry. I don't know. This is a family podcast. <laughs> Yeah. It's really not. No, he's just a, he's just a really really approachable guy who you can really just be in the the editing room with every day. Yeah, and feel- just like you don't, no one loses their cool. Like he's so calming. He's really zen. Is he tall and, and handsome? He's six nine. No, he's That's not. That's is he? Reason. No, he's not. How tall is he? Five. Forget it. Eight okay. and a half. Five nine. <laughs> Five kidding. nine. That's also nice and cozy. Um, right, anyway, so but sorry, but like, sorry, I mean, I, I only shout, I say it because we cut, we took, we went on and on. We cut this movie a zillion different ways. Oh, you did. So many different ways. We had, a, we had so many takes on this movie and God, I'm so oh sorry. Oh my God. Hey, so pick it up. Stupid. Pick it up on air. No, I don't Who is do this? Mo- Who's who calling? <laughs> I can't believe you didn't even turn your phone off. No. Oh yeah. No, I, I thought it was upside but down. I'm sorry. My bad. It's, uh, no, it's, it's just vibrating. It's vibrating. It's still on. Who sorry, just answer sorry, on the sorry, sorry. answer right now? No way, no way, I, no I way, need no. to know. No way, no I need way, to no. hear this. I don't know who that. It's supposed to be off. But anyway, Classic but we podcast blunder. We the edit is where we shaped this movie, and I think that um, it was a good lesson for how to work on a screenplay and how to keep challenging the work on the page. But I swear, I mean, we were, we rewrote this movie a lot, and. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. Like in the cut, in the edit, it was like we never knew we'd run into these problems. Did you solve a lot of problems with all the voicemails? Because I feel it like helped. that's a really smart way to. It helped. Oh yeah, there that... were voicemails in the script, but we definitely you you know we wanted to make sure we had momentum with how we told the story, and we we used we used audio as a way to help us tell the story. Yeah, um, and your DP, and then we will get to Ben Font and how yeah, the yeah, writing okay, process sorry, sorry. And, and why the story. But yeah, yeah, so. Um, your, who is your DP? His name is uh, Benjamin Kaselki. Yeah, why do I know that name? And who? Ben Kaselki. Yeah. Um, so he's. It was lovely to look at. Why he's him? He's the man. Who did you meet with and why him? Or just why him? Yeah. Um, did you meet with a bunch of people? I did. I mean, I met with a lot of different DPs and I met with people who had come from commercials and music videos who had like a really impressive reel. Yeah. And you're like, wow, this guy's like obviously really good. I'm sorry. Wait. And, yeah. Aristotle, did you want to say? Did your chair want to say something? Squeaky. This is a, we just got a new chair in the oh, studio. Really? <laughs> this is the squeakiest chair. We should spray it with some some grease. Yeah, we need some grease to spray it with. And it's also embarrassing <laughs> when you like it's like that scene. Whatever. <laughs> when we think you make a b- weird, embarrassing sound, and then you're like, "Oh, it's the chair," and then you try to recreate it, and then it doesn't happen. And then you're just like a fucking. Anyway, we're gonna go back to the interview. I hope it's that's okay. cool. With it. Aristotle, we're gonna be over here interviewing this is right shame men (laughs) this is my way of taking power back shaming an innocent nice guy like aristotle um yeah i'm really shaming the chair 
But so you met with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you came down to Ben. What's so important? Well, I, I, I don't know how everyone else feels about you know the look of a movie, but I think that... Uh, I think um, it's important. I mean, it can fully make or break, I think, a movie. Even a good movie with good performances can totally be broken with like a movie visually that doesn't tell its own story. Yeah. And I just, long story short, as a first, as it was my first feature, I wanted to work with more, uh, more of a feature film cinematographer, who had more um, experience telling stories, long, you know, as opposed to short films or commercials. Yeah. And um, I and Ben is also just also such. If you met Ben, you, you'd love Ben. He's I would like, love him too. You would love Ben. You need to curate like a weird speed yeah, dating dinner You'll party at your house. You'll meet Ben. Okay. But he's just a really, uh, also really kind person, but really, really uh, like aware of a lot of great movies and could talk to you about movies. And he's one of those guys that you can really go deep as far as like talking about influential films and great filmmakers, great directors, cinematographers. So when you can reference a lot of movies visually, yeah. it helps to talk movies. Oh, when wow. you're like, how about what if we have this kind of shot? I was thinking this kind of moment, which reminds me of this from that movie. So it was cool that he knew exactly what that meant. And um, anyway, but yeah, so when you're on set, it's a whole other world, though, like because I think that Ben Ben works with um, he, sh- he he has a new show he shoots on Amazon called Red Oaks. Oh, with the Craig on, Anton. Yeah. Right. An Amazon series. Yeah. Like second season's out. Yeah. Um, but he shot Safety Not Guaranteed. Um, and. Anyway, but I, my whole thing to Ben was like, can we, can we like, I know we don't have a lot of money, but can we, can we try, can we work all work together to try to make something that's really cinematic and feels really big? Yeah. And I know we could do, you know, a lot of handheld camera work, but let's do, let's really map out this movie visually. And we, I, we had storyboards for a lot of the movie. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. A friend of mine is a great comic book uh, illustrator Ooh. named Steve Kukuru. Ooh. He has Savage Paradise. It's his online comic book. Oh, wow. But uh, he did storyboards for us, and then uh, we we mapped out some of the transitions, some of the bigger scenes where she like dances on the piano and we oh, go that was to the hilarious. ground. And, yeah. But um, and then we had we shot listed every scene in the movie, so we went into every day with a real specific roadmap of our visual story, and that really helped us keep the flow and have real intention with what we were telling as far as the visuals. It wasn't just again winging it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so that helped because I like movies that look really beautiful and Me too. feel warm and, and, and you just fall right into them. I don't feel like they need to look cheap. I feel like you can still Today make things so cinematic. Much. Oh, things look beautiful. Yeah. But I, I was talking to Alex Perry about, uh, his DP, Sean Price Williams. I don't know if you know that guy or have heard of him, but he's, he's a great DP. But Alex was talking about how he doesn't set up the shot he he doesn't take the lead as far as i mean mm. as far as shots are concerned he mm. will challenge the director and be like well i'm not gonna tell you what to do you tell me and it seems a little bit combative right. and daunting and scary mm. i don't know why i keep saying daunting so many times during this podcast but uh but i would want a dp that comes to the table who like has their own point of view and then you, you two are coming together so did you feel like yeah. he, he took the lead when, when things were happening in a, in a scene and I you had to the... fly by the seat of your pants did he go Okay, this is how it set it up for you, and then you prove it, or not did he really. really only look to you. He looked to me, and I think he he definitely is a collaborator. I yeah. mean, he's not he's not someone that's just like tell me where you want the camera. He definitely challenges uh, if he feels something needs to be said, but he's really sensitive. He was sensitive and like warm to what I wanted to do with the movie. Yeah. Also, we were 
since we had talked about the movie so much and had talked through the scenes, I think we went into it having a real understanding of what we were doing. Yeah. So I think those questions were asked in the conversations leading up to the shoot in our prep work. Um, but I'd say, um, I think Ben, having been on other features, I think, you know, no, understands how if a scene is going to cut a certain way, he would definitely want it to be known that he thinks something should change if it's going to affect the way it's going to be cut. Yeah. So those were great. Thank God. Uh, it was good input. I, mean, I would be I terrified. That. I'd be like, well, I don't know. What do you think we should do? You know, were you going to be in this movie at all? Or was there ever a chance you were, you were going to put yourself in it? Yeah. I mean, I feel like when we first wrote the script, like You're... I definitely was like, oh, it'd be cool to play, to Monty. be in a movie. Yeah. I, I really, I thought it'd be fun to be, because you never know what, how it's all going to shake out. But I thought, you you know, again, you dream big in the beginning. So you're like, what if I blah, blah, blah. And then I realized maybe, you know, it's not something, it's not easy to find a director to want to jump on a movie that's already written, that's already like semi-cast or whatever. They want to have their own voice too, right? So at the end of the day, my feeling was I'd rather, I feel like I've been shaping, I've been a part of this process on the outside. I've been trying to be objective as this, you know, someone to help, you know, uh, guide this project along. And I'd like to tell the story. And I think it's best for this movie if we cast this character and have them really embrace this role and let me help tell the story. I can only imagine how much more difficult it makes it having to direct other people and have uh, be able to see yourself while you're acting and, so and directing. Next I time, it's I amazing said, how people do that. Yeah. Um, but now tell me, so yeah. you and Ben Font, your friend, mm-hmm. who is this guy? How did he come into your life? And why did you two get together? Why this story? My dreamland. Because both of you are in long-term relationships and yeah, uh, you're, yeah. you're dying inside. And you're right. like, what do we do? Our dreams and romance are dying. Right. No, I'm just kidding. Hello. <laughs> She's, you said it. I know. You said it. You said it. Um, well, so Font um, and... He's talking about Ben Font. Ben, Benjamin Font. Mm-hmm. It's, and um, and uh, his girlfriend are really close with Zoe. And they had a relationship before I met Zoe. And then we'd all have like double dates and then, you know, usually on a double date, you know, sometimes you break off into groups and start having side conversations. And so, so Font would uh, tell me what, uh, you know, he does. He said he was a writer and he's been wanting to make, you know, feature films and he's written plays and books and like, and he, it sounded like, you know, it was cool to get to know him. And at the time there was a, a playwriting class that I was taking at UCLA and with a really great teacher there, and I was uh, spending more time uh, reading plays, and I read his plays. And I thought uh, it's just his style of writing was just so... I connected a lot with the way he wrote, and the flow of his writing, and the way he approached dialogue, and the way he developed characters. And then I pitched him on an idea uh, for Dreamland, originally called Motherfucker, by the way. Oh, how come yeah. you changed it? Because there was an element in the story where Olivia starts to pimp him out to all her rich girlfriends. Oh my, Olivia is the... The yeah, love interest. The love interest. That was the the movie, about 25 pages were cut out of the movie Jeez. about two weeks before shooting. Or so. It was like really close. And we were like reading a lot of different actresses to play these roles. God, I would have loved to play that role and just had <laughs> sex with a young Monty. Yeah. I'm, I'm not old enough. How dare you? are not you? old enough. How dare you? But... Um, yeah, but we uh, we pulled this like audible at the last second, and we like cut a lot of the movie out, and I mean a lot of the to shoot to shoot those scenes, 
And it, and in hindsight, had we kept those in, I don't know how we would have shot in 18 days because there were so many more characters and locations. It would just have been a quick montage shot of him earning money having sex with older women. There were, that would have been super fun. Well, there, there were... there. The montage was in the script, but there were more there were more pages of rela- of the relationships with other women. Oh. But the issue was this. The issue was I wanted it to be kind of I wanted them to have this dreamy romantic relationship and I wanted us to believe that there's love here. Yeah. And I just didn't feel like you would if I felt like it cheapened it a little bit to have him just out sleeping with women and it it was it was more of that lover boy kind of angle. You know? And him getting his self-worth and remembering that, uh, that he's good and can, mm. is capable via this one f- one relationship. Right. This one fling he's having with the older woman as opposed yeah. to watered down. Exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. That's true. Yeah. And then and we and we had the title as MF as well when we shot it and then when we were when we finally had the movie cut together we we also tested the movie with different audiences with different titles and it seemed the movie the, the title Dreamland really resonated with people. And it resonated with the story because it is about dreaming. A lot of people mention dreams in the movie and the bar, you know, he wants to open is called Dreamland. Dreamland. So, um, so, but why the story? So I know I know yeah. how you guys met and you liked mm-hmm. his writing and, uh, why tell the story? Why this particular story? Was it a personal thing for you or, cause I feel like it deals with loneliness, uh, fulfillment, dreams, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Romance. Well, I'm not lonely, okay? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> lonely? Come on. Seriously? <laughs> sorry. He so, no, sorry. Um, I think you took that away from me? No, I think it's the opposite. No, I met this woman at a film festival. It was so crazy. It was like I had this really intense encounter with somebody it's interesting when you start to show your movie to people because you now now you've opened yourself up to like feedback and comments yeah, isn't that annoying it's so yeah. heavy but i felt like this someone set me up recently in That's a conversation because she was like what did you think of what was your intention for the olivia character i was like well you know i think she's it's the older woman there's something missing in her life and she's searching and i think you know and she was like god i didn't get that at all she was just sad reels oh she was all sad and i was like it was interesting because I felt like this woman really just wanted to be heard. She and she, you know, she wanted to like lend her voice and she went off on it and it was like heavy to hear it. But, but she, I mean, not, and I, but I, my feeling about that is like it's a subjective experience to watch a movie. Like, yeah, I want people to have their own interpretation of the story. And people, when we talk about the movie afterwards, have like get fired up to talk about certain characters and how they relate to things and, that's like the best feedback you could ever get, right? I can I can watch a movie and have completely different relationships to the movie yeah. at various points of my life where mm-hmm. I'll see a movie when I'm younger and be like, oh, I get this. And then years later, I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, my God, depending, you know. Yeah, who it's I've true. Become. That's um, the beauty of, 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 that, of movies, of art. and Sorry. Oh, no. So why this story? Why this story? But also, <laughs> I do like the, the, the guy who plays Monty. Yeah. It meant something to me. I liked his youthful enthusiasm in the Rome and his romantic heart where he's like not happy in his relationship anymore. His girlfriend's not having sex with him. He feels lonely next to her. And this, these two lonely people, oh, that's the worst mm. when you're in a relationship with someone. And the, the one person you can't talk to is the one person you're supposed to tell everything to. And you feel lonely. You start DMing people. bed then, next right? to people. You start DMing people. Start DM- uh, so you start getting DMs. <laughs> but uh, What if Monty DM'd you? Would you reply? 
I'd be like, I probably would. I probably would. Um, God. Oh, but I like when he's like, let's run away together. Let's be together. Let's because it made me think. Because I I'm in my 30s. I still have that in me. Yeah. I still feel like I did when I was 21 and fell in love and was like, tell me what's gonna happen. It's us against the world. Like you know this crazy mm-hmm. intense passionate like teenage kind of love. Yeah. I still have that in me, and I feel like it's it's not. It's been dead. Everybody else who, who's like around my age is like, oh, that was then. I don't feel that way now. Like they're jaded mm. or they're, it's, it's just they're dead inside mm. or something. And anyway, so. That's good. You, I mean, it's a great feeling. I mean, I think. Like, <laughs> no, no, it's true. <laughs> but yeah. No, so a- I, I like seeing that in him. But it was sad when Olivia. Yeah. Was like, you know, she's not that way anymore, you know, mm. or maybe she got something from the kid, too. Right. Mm-hmm. But she's not romantic like he is. Because mm. she's older, and it's just the juxtaposition of like one person like later in life that's more hardened and this like seen more shit, mm-hmm. and then the you know, the young youthful kid who's like. I think it's interesting when you look at relationships that are long expired, but they're just still in it. Yeah, you know, and some people never find a way out of them, and I think she's in that place of unable. Like, because when you meet Monty and his girlfriend, they're they're also in that place, but they're much younger, and you know, you hope that they'll figure it out. But you also get people who have been doing it for so long and they get so far along that they're unable to to yeah. kind of cut the, to cut ties or find a way. I met a man who was, I was in Nashville recently playing a show. It's boiling in here, isn't it? What yeah, happened? Sorry. Fucking the light. Yeah, We're getting a little too real. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Um, you met a man? And I met a guy outside who was just like, hey, man, how you doing? Can I sit here and smoke? I was like, sure, sit down. Do you smoke? No, no, no. He was just, he, I was eating, I was like eating a donut. Okay, And he good. wanted to smoke next to me. You're a donut eater. He's a smoker. Contaminate my donut got taste. It. But he just went off about, he just got a divorce for 41 years and he, he was really mad at his ex and he just had nasty things to say about love and he was just really beaten down by like that experience and. It made me think like, wow, man, people really just stay in things like a yeah. long time <laughs> past. Like, how does it get to that after 41 years? Isn't I that crazy? I don't know. It's so heavy, but it's real. That happens. That's happening now. No, stop it. It's really happening. Do you think you guys are going to get married? Are you and Zoe going to get married? So much pressure. Let me just see how much time we have on this podcast. I can't say. She's listening. It's not live. I'm going to edit all this out. A magician never tells. Oh, oh really? A magician never <laughs> tells. <laughs> All right. Um, I, the only reason we're doing this is for Zoe. She just wanted the insights. Yeah, this is not even going out on the network. Yeah. This is just straight to Zoe. Um, I don't know why I'm pointing to the yearbook. I'm pointing to the yearbook. Um, why yes. this story? Why this story? But also, another thing. I don't have thing. to tell you about it. Yeah, yeah. I want to, do you want to know about that? But now I'm going off my own. Let's, let's, go, on a t- just, let's go off. Well, the thing is, uh, I'm never afraid to get out of a thing. And that's probably why I'm alone. Because I don't stick around. Mm. And I do have a willingness to put up with the things you have to put up with. And you've got to like, I know love is like a living thing and you've got to like tend to it and it changes and dopamine subsides and whatnot or whatever. Are you a jealous person? I have, I'm a fun jealous person. Well, I've dated so many band guys. I get off on the idea of like my partner being attractive to other people. As long as I know we're not cheating because I like monogamy, you know, like the idea that he chooses to come back to me, that's sexy. You know what I mean? Like a little bit of like, hey, uh, I saw that girl looking at you. What was that all about? As opposed to like, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel mm-hmm. like there's a delicate balance and like mm-hmm. a little jealousy is kind of like, it's like we're not allowed to say that. People think I'm crazy when I say that. But I, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, why did you ask if I was jealous? Well, no, I just didn't know if 
like sometimes in relationships. Well, sometimes I mean sometimes in relationships when people like if you're in a relationship with somebody and you don't want that person, the idea of them with someone else like would freak you out. You might not like end it easily because you might miss. You might not want like to see that person with someone else. Oh, you're saying jealousy. People don't leave a relationship because they're so jealous. They don't want their thing. I I I don't mean jealousy. Jealousy is actually not the word. I guess what I mean by is like territorial or possessive or controlling or not. Not. I'm not trying to paint a negative picture, but I'm wondering. That's a good point. There's just that. Like, if you might just be, like, yeah, it's all good. Like, I'm easy going. Like, sure. I mean, like, I mean, you really want to go sleep with her? Go for it, dude. Peace. Like, you, if you're like, if it's all good for you, yeah. Maybe it's just maybe it's easy to walk away from things. Oh, you're talking about me? Yeah. Oh no, that's not the case. When I'm in a relationship, if I'm boyfriend and girlfriend with someone, oh my god. What but when you end relationships, if I you said end you move it, on, like if I, I I'm I mean uh, if I'm not happy, yeah. You'll say something. I'm not afraid to leave. Yeah. Like I don't right, say in right. things because like, oh, warm body next to me or like, oh, it's probably better to have a boyfriend. Right. I'm just going to, I go. So you might stay with it. I, right. I, 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 I'm not saying it's easy, but if it's fucked up and it's not, and there's something wrong, I believe enough. I can, I'm okay being alone. It's mm. not, it's heartbreaking, but, uh, I don't know. I, and I only want a certain type of love. Like I've had the intense, like. I love you like crazy, crazy, passionate love where I respect the person and they're my best friend and we have great sex and all this stuff. Zoe, I'm not looking him in the eye when I say we, I have great sex with my ex-boyfriends. But like I want a certain kind of thing. So if I date and I have these weird two-week fling stint things and I just don't feel like it's like exceptional like what I've experienced and we don't feed off each other and inspire one another, uh, I just I, – I go, oh, I don't want this. I'm not going to stick around because it's like mm. – I don't want some lukewarm thing. I want intensity and like – and I notice that's fewer and far between. Do you want the intensity to always be there? No, I was in a five-year thing. Like, I've been in a oh, five-year okay. relationship. But the funny thing is the the sex never dwindled, you know? Like, so that's interesting. Whoa. In the five years. Whoa. Ha, cha, cha. That's good. <laughs> that's you... rare. That's good. No, no, it's, that's, it's important. But, you know, we would fight and, like, you know, I'd be irritated by him. We lived together. But it's like, uh, so I've been in a long-term thing. I just, I don't know. Hmm. And I also, and, and so now I've just, I'm so good at being alone. It's almost terrifying, but I like welcome in another intense hmm. That's good though. Thing. But I don't know if other people have it in them. Do you? Is there To hope? be alone? Yeah, no, to be in a romantic thing that's like intense and passionate and like inspiring with the best, or it's like, yeah. and a willingness to stay there. Cause like. Well, I think that, so as we're talking about this, I'm just thinking about this, but like maybe we, I mean, don't you think as a person you're, you're complicated, right? Yeah. And like a lot of people are complicated. Yeah. Like doesn't, you know I mean? It's not, everyone's complicated, yeah. right? Cause there's like a lot of emotions, right? Yeah. Flying around. <laughs> so like whether, I mean, a relationship, you know, when you sort of, you, you kind of become one with somebody, right? You do. Right? You do, right? Yeah. So then you treat that bond like a person. If you, if you look at that just as pretend the two is just one person, there's going to be a lot of mixed, uh, wild ride of emotions and ups and downs, and you're going to see every side of it mm-hmm. as you would a person. So, like trying to just sustain one note. I'm not trying to do, or or, or, yeah. or just try. If you're looking for certain things in a relationship but not others, maybe the idea of like accepting that you might get such a wide range 
of colors and sounds like in a relationship as you would you just as a person. Yeah. Then maybe maybe it's like easier to to be more accepting of like all of the sides of what a relationship offers you. Shouldn't it start super strong though? Like, shouldn't it start with that? Like, oh, I can't get enough of this person. I don't know because I mean, I yeah, I would. I mean, I feel like the answer is like yes, or people would want that. But what is the? I mean, of course it subsides. I, I get that. I'm okay with that. I'm not insane. I mean, I feel like it starts with feeling just happy and excited to be with somebody. Yeah, as like simple as that. Yeah. Right. That's what I mean. Just I being mean, like just, happy but, and stoked to be with this person and feeling compelled to be with them and like. I don't know. Suddenly other people less look less look less interesting to mm. you where it's like, oh, why would I do that when I could be with this person who I can laugh with yeah. after we have sex instead of just wanting to leave? Right. You know? Yeah. Which is great. I know we're getting tangential and I'm, you know, this is when no, the interview great. really starts like four hours in. Yeah. This yeah. is when the good stuff. So, yeah. Same. Yeah. But how do you, oh, oh there's this, uh, when you say the two people turn into one person, mm. this is called Love Alexi for a reason. We hit these, all mm. these notes, but. I heard, have you ever read Esther Perel? Mm-mm. Well, she wrote a book called Mating in Captivity, mm-hmm. where it talks about like, and she has a TED talk about uh, maintaining desire in a long-term relationship because it's hard to do. And a lot of points that are made are like, you know, there there are two people. I don't even know if this is one of her top points, but there are two people and then there's the relationship. And, mm-hmm. and uh, the relationship between when the two people come together, it's a completely different thing. Yeah, that's, yeah. But then also, so yeah, there's one person, the other person, and then the relationship. And then also the goal is to remain separate, to not become one person. Hmm. Um, you mean to not to lose yourself. Not lose yourself. To be two, two fully realized people who give each other enough space to let the desire live in that space. Because if all of a sudden you're like, you know, you're in the bathroom, the door is open, you're just like comfortable, you're best friends. It's like almost yeah. like, oh my God, maybe we shouldn't be best friends because right. you want to be lovers. You know, you have... That's so makes, I think having boundaries is like so important. You got to keep... And it's it. hard to keep them. Is it? So hard. So how do you... Do it? Yeah. And and especially, you know, you're, you, you're both so driven and you went off and you made this movie and that's a lot. That's doing a lot. How do you balance having a relationship with a, with a person who you live with? How did you – did it help the relationship? Did it hurt it? And you don't have to answer any of this. Did you work on the movie you mean? Yeah, like how do you it make an album or, or make a movie? Yeah, it's hard. And- it's hard because I think – I mean Zoe, if she were here, she would say it was like really hard. She was It was, it was hard to work on the movie because I think she – She's uh, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, it's t- there's a lot of sides to it, but I think just it's about communication because oh, it's okay. okay. Communication. It feels good when I rub my forehead like this. Okay. I'm just doing it because it feels good. Okay, good. Like I feel like communication is just so important, and and everyone always says that, but it is. It's like it literally is the dagger for like anything good, and. And when you're working on something or you go on tour, it's like if you just disappear, it's hard to be with that person. And I think that's where you just have to be a responsible partner and like make sure, make just make them feel okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's just a respect. That's just caring and being thoughtful. And that you could you could trace being thoughtful to being romantic. Doing th- I mean, I feel like a thoughtful person is probably somebody that would bring flowers unexpectedly oh is that you is that the kind of boyfriend you are yeah you are a great boyfriend thanks and, and tell zoe that she knows that and that's the thing 
that's why I get so upset by these DMs of these men venting to me. I'm thinking, tell your girlfriend. Communicate with your girlfriend. Pick up the... Is it no, Zoe? I thought it was the mirror. I, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> these are all... I told your publicist this, okay? I like long, I like long talks. <laughs> um, but uh, how did... Okay, so it's hard, and mm-hmm. you communicate, and mm-hmm. you send flowers, or you give flowers. But that's or... easier said than done. I mean, we, we, try to, we try to work on it all the time. I think... I think that... It's really hard. Communication is just really interesting because I think that I notice I I I think the biggest thing in a relationship with two people that are working on whether they're in the same industry like or they're in the arts entertainment world or any anything is like I always call it like the hero like someone's got to be the hero at different times like put fires out yeah. Like there are times where I just want somebody to like tell me it's all good and like be I just want to be a you know you just want the attention. You want to be the star of the relationship and it goes back and just, forth. You want yeah you like want them to be your hero right yeah, now. Yeah, your champion. And then they want that too when you're like stressed and tired. But when you're both stressed and tired at the same time, you just lumps like, no one to each can other. be that role. Yeah. And it's it's the yin and yangy thing. And um it's hard to find that, and that's where communication is so key because you have to be able to spot that in yourself. And why do you have a willingness to do it? Because this is another thing. A that relationship? I, yeah, because I love – I'm so good at being single and love being alone so much. It's almost dangerous because I'm forgetting all the wonderful things that come with love and a relationship and and because uh, I'm tethered to nothing. I'm, I, I'm, I can do whatever I want whenever I want, uh, whatever – what would you say are, are the the most rewarding things about being in a relationship as opposed to like if you can even remember like what being single being single um well i think that i don't think that one has to has to you know i think it's there's no rule for like needing this or needing that or what one must have i think to be happy i think that what's great about a relationship or a good relationship is feeling like um you connect with somebody it's the friendship that you have between somebody and it's nice to have like a foundation to build on with somebody so and that takes trust and real like real want and you know because i always think about a relationship whenever i've had breakups i've always thought like it's such a choice like anyone can just up and go anytime even if you're married with like five kids and like you have a good job and a nice house you could still just peace out yeah just like leave Right. What's that willingness to. So what's that thing that like makes you stay or that thing that makes you that what's that like invisible force that like that we add on ourselves. And that's that thing that I think is like incredibly. I think that's just that wonderful part of like of humans that like can connect people and drive them to do incredible things. Um, I think we're all feeling it right now with this election. Yeah. Like I'm feeling. I'm feeling that heavy right now on this whole like I'm like we're all pretty in sync right now a lot of people who feel this way and you feel cozy there's a force that's driving people right now and people are really opening their hearts and being really vocal and it's great um but yeah I mean I think a good relationship I think that's what I seek in a relationship is just to feel um like I got my partner and like we're gonna go do some awesome stuff you know yeah and it's cool just to have that and I like to travel. It's fun to like have like a partner in crime. You I, guess, know? I guess you're helping me have faith in relationships again because I'm such a romantic and I think it, it fell to the wayside for a moment because I lost hope in that. And, yeah. like, and even talking about the election stuff, it, the past few days have made me go, God, I, 
I do want a baby. I want to be with my mom right now and I want to be with my family and I want to feel cozy and I, I you know, it'd be nice to have somebody who loved me that I could just like tuck into, you know, to feel safe and cozy with and, and experience love with because I don't know, it just feels, I don't know, mm-hmm. crazy and that's all that matters is love and connection and being kind. You keep using the word kind. I'm just, uh, mm-hmm. so I guess I was trying to get you to sell me on relationships in a weird way. Yeah. That's more for me than for you. That's cool. <laughs> so thank you. You did. Thanks. But, uh, so I know this guy. Very cool. <laughs> he is a rock. It's a foundation. You can build with him. He's safe. He's trustworthy. That's actually what I want. <laughs> that sounds really nice. This <laughs> next one. I always, I feel like when I use, like talk on a microphone, I just want to like get close. <laughs> you know, those love where it's like, Hey, like, um, <laughs> This one goes out to Sandra from Brian. He says he loves you. I picked this song for you. What's you know what I mean? Like when someone, like yeah. when they request love songs for each other. Yeah. What's that movie? There's some it's movie. It's so sweet to hear. Like I love that like vibration in the microphone. Sorry. This one goes out to. There's like he a says m- he loves you, girl, and uh, he'll be right home to see you soon. Do you ever feel like people like musicians so much and love band boys so much just because it's just like it's like some dirty scruffy boy singing about feelings and girls are like I can't believe men have feelings. Maybe yeah, that's, that's what so, I. That's so why so this, vulnerable? Uh, I can't believe finally he's being vulnerable. That's what I wanted this whole time. <laughs> so why this story? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, right. you know, my answer is a, f- a friend of mine. I was with my friend the other day. And he said to me, we were talking about, I was talking about new, a new movie idea. And he was like, why do you want to do this movie? And I was like, I don't know. I mean, that's the same thing I asked myself when we made Dreamland. Like, why this movie? Like, I guess I just don't stop and think like, why this? Like, I don't want to overthink it and like be precious about it. Like if I just, if I get excited, I just, I just start going on it. I just want to go with it. Yeah. So I wasn't like, oh, there's this idea, but this one's kind of cool. Like, but uh, why this one? Hmm. Like when we made this movie, I just really loved the idea of shooting something in L.A. with this young guy who's a piano teacher and he works in this lounge and he's kind of an old soul. And like, oh, that's true. You old know what I mean? Soul, yeah. And and he doesn't connect. And he, and he meets this woman who like who really paints this. I don't know, helps liberate him from like certain things in his life. But it's that liberation was founded on something that in itself is short lived anyway. So yeah. it's not built on like foundation that's like you know it's not it's not bedrock you know what i mean like yeah. it's gonna have to we, we we wonder where it's gonna go as a relationship but i just liked champ i mean i was inspired by a lot of certain movies or visuals or certain things um and was just excited to just kind of like because i don't know if you ever think about this but like it's so interesting driving between cities and you do it a lot on the when you tour but like why is it that like things were built here and not there or like why is it you could like zigzag through the mountains and all of a sudden there's a town? Like, why not? Did they not? Why didn't they build that like back yeah. there? Yeah. So it's like I think that when you build, when you create uh, music or movies or art, you know, you just kind of pick. You just go here. I'm just gonna dig here. Like, I'm just gonna build here. Yeah. Like, I don't know. We'll build right here. Like, I think those guys were like, I'm just gonna build here. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a beautiful mountain here and there's water over there and let's just build here. Their intuition. They listen to their intuition. They built there. They just go. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's a city. So, and you just keep building and building and building. So it's like, I think, you know, you just pick a piece of, you just start going. Yeah. But there is a quality to what you made with Dreamland where it's like, it's, uh, well, then you fill in the pieces. he's, He's an old soul. There's, he's a romantic. Um, and it just felt like innocent. Yeah. It's felt like 
and a, a humor to it. Yes, uh, just like a like kind of like seventies filmmaking circa now. Thanks. Though, and it was uh, it was nice because it, you were responsible with people's time. Going back to the thing where how long is the movie? Like an hour and a half. Like yeah, eighty nine minutes. So it's like eighty nine minutes. My time was not wasted. Minutes. My time was my eighty nine minutes was uh, my life was better. I did not regret that eighty nine minutes. I was like, oh, all right, oh, that's lovely. And it was interesting to see that's how cool. how L A was shot because you know yeah. sometimes people make movies in Los Angeles and I just go, ugh, I live here and that movie right. looks horrible and I hate it. But a movie like yours or a movie like Shampoo, I, I you see like oh wow, that's a nicer way to shoot Los Angeles and and make yeah. it a, uh, anyway. But, Thank you. Uh, I guess I mean we do have to land this plane. I know I've talked what for uh, for an eon, what but time I, is it, by the way? it's it's uh that's perfect. Yeah, but um, just going back to to using Zoe's notes as a as a touchstone that your mom mm-hmm. raised you uh, with such it was so I don't know, like you're such a, a good you're like a gentleman right Thanks. she 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 uh, instilled good values in you it seems like right yeah. like you and your brother because he's married right yeah he's married. And you've been in this five-year relationship. How are you? What, what 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 did she instill in you? Why do you treat women so nicely? You're like he's married. Like you've been in five. Why aren't you married? That's not <laughs> what I <laughs> say. Oh, no, I'm teasing. I'm te- I was just teasing. I was gonna like jump in and make a joke. Is that okay? Is that a thing that you guys talk about? Is that a weird thing? None of my business. No, you know what? Don't no, talk about it that. Comes, it's it. No, we talk about it openly. We talk. We. It's not even like something we're like sweep under the rug. Like well, that would be crazy. But no, we we talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, marriage is interesting. I mean, it's like a. It's there's a. I love tradition. And I love when things are really different. So, like, I like, I like, I love the idea of of marriage and yeah. building a home and all that stuff with wood and nails. We're gonna build here. We're just gonna build <laughs> here. Back. Um, but oh yeah, my, my mom is. Uh, she's awesome. If she were here, she's she's really awesome. She's super duper crazy smart, and she knows a lot about books and plays and movies and music and classical music and composers and. She could go on and on about some really dense... She's a well-read person. I mean, it was so crazy. My mom, like, she's, you know, she was an actress for most of her life, professional life. And then when she had us, she, likes, you know, she took time away from acting to raise us. And every now and then she would do a movie and we would go, i get to visit her on set. And it was really cool to experience those things. But at the end of the day, she really enjoyed having us and like you know, sharing movies and music with us and really challenging us in that way. What I mean is, you, though, you're, you're really grounded, just Thanks. not even knowing you so well. It's the second, I know it's a long two hour chat we're having, That's but cool. I've only met you in person, second time in my life, and your whole essence and the vibe of you. Oh my God, I just said that. But uh, you, you, you seem very grounded. Uh, you're not a skeezy, weird, douchey guy. Uh, you know, you're a trustworthy, lovely guy who treats your girlfriend really well. Like, you don't have to be this way. Nobody has to be any way. But, Thanks. you know, think it's about choices, uh, to quote your movie also. Um, oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, and also you're, you're a band guy. You're handsome. You're young. You don't have to be in a monogamous thing. You could be and then be a complete asshole. You are one of the great ones. You're you're, you're a good one, you know? Thanks. You're so... How um, are you so grounded and lovely and like and also and and you live your life? I, I even I seen you at a party on Halloween. Like you carry yourself like uh, you're not looking at other girls. You just seem very like like you're not a bad. It, am I? You know, you're not a. You're just a good guy. Is what I'm saying. Thanks. 
Because you know, cause some guys are in relationships and you see the way they interact with women and you just go, ugh, that guy does not make me feel safe. His poor girlfriend, ugh, what a creep. And yeah. And Thanks. How did, how did your mom make you like this? Or how did you end up being this guy, this solid man? Well, thank you for saying this You're, to me. Well, that's way too long. I'm embarrassed. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I checked the time during that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like joking. Eight I'm joking. minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think... Well, she was very much, she was really open with us in terms of like being, she was, you know, spiritual, open, compassionate person. I mean, we would talk a lot about what people had, like people out there, um, you know, people not fortunate to come, you know, to have the ability to eat dinner tonight. Or she would, whenever we drive in the car and see someone that clearly was was struggling and um, she would say, think about like, you know, where think about their life or where did they come from or that's somebody's child. She would just like try to op- just be open with us about show you know, wanting us to think about things more openly. And to and so I think and she's because she's a really emotional she's a she's an actress, she's an emotional person and she goes in the skin of these experiences and really feels them heavily. So she's gonna share them with us. And so yeah, I mean, I just I didn't you know I didn't grow up wanting to rebel against my mom or family. I didn't. I was never a drug. I never. I don't. I've never done drugs. You haven't. No. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and it's not a religious thing at all. I mean, I'm. I think I'm more of a. I don't. We don't practice like a religion or anything. I mean, my mom's the type of person that we would like. My dad was Jewish, but not you know had, wasn't bar mitzvah like you know. You weren't bar mitzvah. No. But we would go to like Passover when I was with the Schwartzmans, and then we go to like church. If she was like, "We're going to church today," like out of nowhere. That's funny. And it's like we got like we're like I haven't been in five years. It's like, "Well, we're going today. We yeah. should go." She's so passionate. Yeah, and it was like fun. It was fun. That's the alarm thing. It's okay. okay. <laughs> That's okay. I, I did a five minute grace period. Um, but no, I mean, also, I just think these are the things I think about when I think about her because she's. She's just a really special, heartfelt person who truly cares, and she's really open. Like, she's really poetic. She'll text us, like, a zillion weird... Like, she'll write these long texts that are... We all joke. They're, like, you have to, like, decode them because they're, like, the way they stop and start and pause and space and, like... Oh, my goodness. But they flow, like, an interesting poem, and, like, she's just... I mean, she's just... uh, I guess I didn't feel the need to, like, do drugs or stuff because... I felt like we were already having moments together that I felt were real and exciting where I didn't feel like I needed to have those things. Yeah. So, um, and I think that we would stop and, you know, and touch the flowers and like feel the flowers and like, you know, she really made, she wanted us to feel that way. And where was and those your, are the things that, yeah. Where was your dad? He passed away? He passed away. He passed away. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I it's okay. So... Yeah, but You're he's primarily by your mom. My mom, yeah. That seems that's maybe that's such a deep respect for women. Thanks. Yeah, no, she. But yeah, I mean, he. Yeah, he passed away, and uh, we were. Uh, I was. I was. I was eleven. Jason was thirteen, and um, he had cancer. Oh man. And he was, uh, but he passed away with. We were with. We were all together when he passed away. So there was something really. I mean, if anyone's listening, they've had these experiences. You know. I think that she tried to create a warm a, a place where he could pass away with us together as a family where we felt this connection and we were all present with this 
you know, this moment. Yeah. Cause she was always, she's big on, you know, this is a transformational moment, like energetically when someone passes away. And so finding that like peaceful, accepting this together and all being together. So that's definitely, yeah. And, and that, and her whole life has been devoted to like, you know, keeping his memory alive in us yeah. and not wanting us to forget what he did, the sacrifices he made, like the, the guy he was. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's a, you know, something we all remember or we all think about in my family. Well, um, I guess if we're going to land this, what's, what's yeah. next for you? Are your movies out? Yeah. Dreamland, making um, your family, your girlfriend, the world at large proud yeah. by another artistic contribution. <laughs> and uh, we didn't get to touch upon your collaboration on uh, the Palo Alto soundtrack yeah. with Dev. That's out. That's out. People can stream it. Very on cool. Spotify. Streamable. The dream, Spotify. The, the Dreamland soundtrack's coming out. Oh, when? Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow? On yeah. Spotify or on iTunes? It's everywhere. It'll be out everywhere. And then, oh, it'll be on both. How dare you talk to me like that? Sorry. I can't believe it. <laughs> it'll be everywhere. It'll be, I don't even know. It's like everywhere. Um, but uh, it's uh, Milan Records is putting it out, which is a label that put out, um, they put out Deadpool and they put out... Um, Birdman soundtrack. Oh my! But people they're like a soundtrack to... label, and they're really awesome. And they were like, they got on board with this movie, and it was so amazing for them to champion Dreamland. So yeah. it's coming out. And uh, now you're going to propose to Zoe on the podcast. Is that the plan? That's what Zoe told me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Did I'm just she kidding. tell you that? No, oh. not at all. Not at all. <laughs> She's way cooler than that. Um. So, and I guess the most important thing is people just need to support this independent film yeah. in theaters. Fucking get their. It's in theaters tomorrow or tonight, technically. Eleven eleven. It's playing 11. at the Lumley in Santa Monica. Okay. In LA, I'll do it's all got that. a full run. I'll do all that. Okay, sorry, in, the, sorry, in, the, in the intro, and you can uh, you can stream it on and on demand and everything. Support this movie, and uh, it was so weird after seeing. I didn't even realize. I did, I'm, I don't know if I'm living under a rock, um, but you were. I was watching the movie, and uh, and I saw the woman who plays Monty's mom, and then I'm like, oh my god, oh that's yeah. Talia Shire. Then yeah. I went on this weird wormhole, and I'm watching old boyfriends on yeah. YouTube. Have yeah, you seen you this like movie? It? I have to say, I haven't with John. Oh my god, with Belushi. I couldn't I believe. It. Yeah, so I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe it!" So that's gonna that's funny, a new wormhole I'm gonna get into later tonight to distract myself after all this, uh, that's you awesome. know, Trump depression. But anyway, yeah. thank you for doing my show. Thanks for being here. Yes, yeah, awesome. And uh, if you get a ticket, I promise I'll pay for it. Yeah. Oh no, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. Okay. I have like two minutes. <laughs> thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. <laughs> now leaving nerdist.com.